Jason, episode one, the live state of mind podcast. I'm here with my good friend, OCR athlete, live uh, ambassador on the OCR track, Jason Williams. Jason, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good, man. This is uh, this is super exciting and a little uncomfortable at the same time. I have to tell you. So it's all about right getting uncomfortable, dude. Honestly, I, I people ask me all the time. They're like, why? You want to do a podcast? Why do you want to do a podcast? Like, what do you think that's going to do for anything? And honestly, um, first off, it is really uncomfortable. And I've found that a lot of the things that are uncomfortable typically have the greatest fulfillment, like on the backside. And like any growth moment for me personally, I mean, we're just jumping right off into the deep water right now. Yeah, we are. Okay, cool. (laughs) But that's, that's genuinely it. Like, I think there's some really cool things that happen here at Live Training Center. Um, we have some really niche programs and, you know, we get some opportunities to coach and meet with clients um, about some very interesting and, and personal things regarding their health and wellness. And it's a really, really cool opportunity. So our mission is always to educate, empower, and elevate. And if we can do that, not only with our clients that are here, but also with our clients through a podcast and broadcast that way, I think that's awesome, dude. Yeah, me too. This is where... Uh... I get to find out if I'm uh, at the level of live, and uh, if you never hear from me again, then you know that today did not go well for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you've obviously you've been coming to live for a while. Mm. You actually were here when it was under a previous name. For anyone that doesn't know, we're in Palmetto, Florida, and uh, we've been in business. We actually just passed our fourth year. How insane is that? Oh, wow. Four Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Um, but we just passed our fourth year as live training center. Uh, it was another facility. It was actually called Fit Lorenzo. Shout out to Ed Lorenzo in yeah. North Carolina. What's up, Ed? Yeah, what's up, Ed? <laughs> uh, but uh, Jason has been coming here since it was Fit Lorenzo. So yeah. back in the day, right? Yeah, it's funny how uh, um, I just, I remember, I don't know if you want to go in the story, but I remember uh, we were doing this little short course um, called Battle Dash. I was just about to take yeah. that word out of your mouth. Yeah, I and, knew um, where you were going with that. And it's funny because I was doing pretty well like we were doing these preliminary heats and I'm like oh man I'm doing pretty good and then I see this crew come up and they're all wearing these Fit Lorenzo shirts hey now and I'm just like oh boy what is this about hey now. And, and I wanted to be like oh man they're gonna mess me up and I it was just funny it was just a natural like oh boy here comes competition <laughs> and everybody was just so nice and I was like oh man I'm trying to like not like you guys what are you doing you're being too nice and everybody's just yeah and, and I remember from that moment I was like man these this you're just good people and yeah that's where it started the rest is history. Yeah. You know what's interesting about Battle Dash is we you just go right into a sidebar. Mm-hmm. Do you know who was at one of the Battle Dashes that ended up winning? Do you yeah. remember? Oh, I remember. Who? Drew, Drew Dreschel. That's right. He was light years ahead of everybody. Yeah, we were um, climbing over walls and he was just like hurdling them. We're like, uh, what, is, what is this guy? And we're a uh, human and yeah. he's not. And that was like six years ago maybe? So long ago, yeah. Yeah. And he was, I mean, he was awesome. And as you guys know, Drew Dreschel obviously won American Ninja Warrior uh, last year. So shout out to Drew. Um, but uh, we remember you from your humble beginning, sir. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. So obviously you've been around live and mm-hmm. Fit Lorenzo for a while. 
and uh, but you're also a, a, a super avid uh, OCR athlete, and it's something that you do religiously almost, right? Would you mm-hmm. say? Yeah, it's still still funny. I just I kind of chuckle anytime you say athlete, but uh, yeah, does mathlete feel more mathlete feels better? Yeah, but it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just feel like I'm just, you know, I just go out there and have fun and push myself to be the best I can be, but I, I don't know, it just, to, to be called an athlete, I don't know, I, maybe I need to get that out of my head, that I am one, but thank you. Well, I mean, let's be honest, like, well, the, the sport of OCR, for those that don't know, it really started to try and encourage people who wanted to, who didn't want to exercise and work out. And to get them off of the couch, I think Joe Decina from Spartan talked about wanting to get like two billion or a billion people, rip them off the couch, I believe is his term. Um, but it, it was ultimately about giving people who weren't really interested in the traditional form of exercise and fitness an opportunity and outlet to be able to get healthy. And if you can tell someone that they can go roll around in the mud and jump over a wall and then they get a beer at the end, then, uh, you know, for a lot of people that was that was enough enticing, I think, right? Right, right. But what was crazy about it was that it, it has evolved. Like, it is serious. I remember one of the first ones that we went to, which is, I think, near uh, East Bay, and uh, it was Dirty... Well, I don't think it was Dirty Foot, but it was called something else, because I know where Dirty Foot is. But um, it was a mom and pop, and it was the, the obstacles were really basic, and the obstacles, I mean, it was like, you know, oh, mud pit, and oh, walk over this beam, and I think at one point we were climbing under a bus, like, it was just, it was really, really random stuff, but now it's, you know, it's, it's evolved into something that's insane. Yeah, it's uh, come a long way where it used to be a lot of, a lot of just mud, where you will get your picture at the end of the race where you're just muddy. And you're like, hey, look at look what I've done. And now it's funny because I don't really like mud. I found out it's like, I yeah, I like the obstacles. Well, there's less and less mud now. Yeah, yeah, which is, I'm okay with. It's, I mean, I get, yeah, sometimes with the terrain you get mud, but like mud for the sake of mud, um, I'm okay avoiding. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's wild how it's almost become more of a Ninja Warrior type. Like obviously not as like crazy you know, the obstacles and you get to rest in between them with running but it's uh it's crazy when you look back at how where it started and where it's where it's at right now yeah well i'll be honest like part of growing and this is what we talk to our clients about a lot and anytime that we want to grow or anytime that we want to really stretch ourselves it requires us getting uncomfortable and i think that there are few sports that parallel that idea more than uh, OCR. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if you talk to anyone who enjoys OCR, like legitimately enjoys it, yes, there's the camaraderie and the social aspect, which I think is huge, right? right? The people. Um, but ultimately, it's about figuring out what you're made of and, mm-hmm. and being challenged, right? So that was another reason why I've asked you to be on this today on episode one, sir, the inaugural right. episode of the Live State of Mind podcast. And um, so how long have you been racing in total? And um, wh- why, how did it start? Uh, well, it started, I think, I want to say back in 2012, where I just, well, it's funny, I was working and there was a, I, I teach, and there's a uh, person that taught next door to me that wanted to run a 5K and was looking for someone to run a 5K with and having hearing the conversation, they were like, well, 
yeah, Jason, he'll he'll do it. And then the person kind of chuckles, like, yeah, he can't run. Like, I I was always, like, skinny growing up, and I had gained a lot of weight, and I didn't realize it. Right. Until I kind of, that kind of smacked me in the face. I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I can't. And so I decided to run a 5K to kind of do horribly so that I... Road race. Yeah, road race. Road just, race. like, I need it's to... It's 3.1 miles for yeah. anyone listening. I need to do this, and I need to do poorly so that I can get mad about it and then want to get better. And were you an athlete in high school, though? Oh, no. I was... Uh, were you I, a mathlete in high school? I was all about math. I was a person that was picked last in everything. Okay. And I remember playing basketball. I would always play basketball after school, and I remember getting picked last behind somebody who had a broken leg once. So that was... Uh, <laughs> that was cool. So... So that's where that's why Hang I have on. trouble. Currently broke like they got picked with the cast. In, he was in crutches. He was oh, good. Still, he was in. He was good, but he was in crutches and with a cast on, and he they picked him over me. So yeah, that's. Uh, Do you still think about that? Obviously, yeah. Because I just brought it up. <laughs> Maybe it's something I need to talk to somebody about. But <laughs> that's hilarious. But, yeah. So. Yeah, that's um. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I ran that and. I did better than I thought I would, I think because I saw a couple of students out there and I didn't want them to see me walking, so mm. I did that. But then, yeah, I just... Um, did you... Wait, but I think a little sidebar here also. Okay. You're a math teacher. Yeah, I'm a math teacher. Yes. Teach middle school math, algebra. Yes, you're a math teacher. Did you have students running that, with you? Not with me, but they were just there. It was like kind of like an out and back type of thing, so I remember seeing them as I ran out and I didn't want them to see me walking as I was coming back, so... So I was just like, all right. And then it kind of, uh, then I was like, okay, I can do this because I did better than I thought. And then the next one I did horribly because there was nobody there for me to have to worry about. Right. And then you kind of like realize how much of that is in your head. But were you uncomfortable at all during that 5K? Like this was the first race ever. Oh, yeah. You had never done it. Like what were some of the thoughts that were going through your head? Uh, some of the thoughts going through my head were why uh, am I getting passed by strollers and why... <laughs> There's yeah. the guy with the broken leg. There's a lady with a dog that's <laughs> running by me, and I yeah, but it's like a small dog, like a Chihuahua type thing, who's running and <clears throat> panting happily, not even struggling, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm dying, and I'm like, okay, so this this is not good, but yeah, and then it's funny because uh, going into OCR, I just happened to do like a mud run. It was called Mud Crusade, where okay. I realized that my running was horrible, but I was having fun going over the obstacles and going over why, like past a couple people. On an obstacle, like, oh yeah, maybe I need to do more of these where I can break up the running. And then realizing it's funny how now later you realize, okay, if I want to get better at this, I have to run. Was there ever a point during that 5K where you were not sure if you could finish, or you had already had it in your head, like, okay, I have kids watching, like I, I have to for my yeah, pride. I have I'd, to finish this race. Yeah, I um, I think me- mentally I'm better than physically where I, it's like I'm, I'm going to finish. Sure. And if I'm going to have to like lay down and roll, I'm going to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never thought I couldn't. And now, I mean, I, I always wonder how good I'm going to do or how poorly I'm going to do, but I don't. Yeah, like as far, I mean, there's been obstacle races where I wasn't sure I was going to finish. But um, yeah, and at least in the beginning, I was, I was good and I knew I was going to get done. It just might take a couple days. So after running a 5K, were you hooked then? Not necessarily. Was how close was that 5K to your first OCR race, the mud, the Crusade? Um, I would say probably six months. Okay. But I I know when I hit that first mud run or OCR, I was I was hooked then. Like I need to do more of these. It's funny because you do them 
with friends. The first two I did with friends, the friends did like not a like general me. wave, like yeah. just let's do it together, yeah, let's high five. Yep, sure. And they did not like it, so they <sighs> they stopped going, and I ended up probably for like a good almost a year, I was just doing them by myself, and and I'm kind of shy. I wouldn't talk to him. I just go race and and head out, but. You know, just um, over the years, you just meet a lot of great people, and you know, I guess I couldn't stay quiet for long. But yeah, it's just uh, here we are. That's, I mean, you you mentioned people, mm-hmm. and I think we see a lot of that here. Like we're we're very big on relationships. Mm-hmm. Like relationships, any they they are a massive catalyst for change and growth. They are a major catalyst for support and accountability. Um, you know, a lot of times, sometimes just being around the right people can make you feel less crazy. Right. You know what I mean? Because, you know, especially in anytime you're trying to make a big, a major step in life, um, it requires some courage and it requires you setting some boundaries around what your goals are and being intentional and saying, you know, I may sit down to have dinner with someone and they may laugh at my choice. Right. That they're not being malicious, maybe, but, you know, all in all, if we surrounding ourselves with the right people, we can accomplish a lot. And I think through OCR, that's the amazing thing. It's like, even though there is a competitive side, mm-hmm. I would say even today as the sport has evolved, even at the highest level, it, yes, it is each individual athlete for themselves, but ultimately it's, you know, it's like the group against the course. The course right. is the ultimate competitor, right? It's right. the ultimate competition in the race. and. I think that's why the camaraderie is there because we all recognize like, hey, this is hard. Mm-hmm. This is challenging. There's not a lot of people doing this. And, uh, you, you know, it's, we want, I want you to succeed and you want me to succeed. And, you know, maybe right now we're going to race towards the finish line, but ultimately, like, I want, I want you to be successful in this race. Right. Yeah. The, the community itself is just, is just wild and just supportive of each other. And I remember, uh, Back in the Battle Frog days, R.I.P. I mean, uh, that, I had a whole yeah. hour on Battle Frog. I wanted yeah, to talk maybe, about today. Maybe Man. we'll do that another one. But yeah, the um, just a lot of people I've met was just being stuck, you know. And it's just it just blow it blew me away that you watch someone that's your competition, and as they're getting through an obstacle that everybody's stuck at, and they make it, and everybody like erupts and cheers and just excited, and you're like, okay, it knocks me down. A, a spot in the standings, but it's it's that's okay. You know, it's it's not about that at the moment. You just you do want everybody to do well, and you don't want to do well by having other people fail. You you know, and I think that's a big thing with like you're talking about the community sense here. Is I know that like I live in St. Pete, which is like it's a good 40, 45 minute drive here, right. and there's places that are closer. But I always want to come back here because of the way it feels. It's like mm. you can definitely feel the difference with just everybody working out and just everybody has each other's back and um dale what do you think like how much of that is something you planned on or is that something that kind of happened and you wanted to build on it or like how that happen? well two answers i would say number one would definitely be that we got a great head start and you know i was able to watch from the sidelines while uh you know i saw Ed start a lot of relationships and I was able to watch how he moved mm-hmm. um, and I think at some point if you're ever going to be a good leader you have to learn how to be a good follower I think right. that's really really important because that's where you learn and that's where you can you know you kind of get incubated and 
and so that was always a part of it that that had been here before I was here it was you know Fit Lorenzo for a couple of years and we took over and then the rest is history Mm -hmm. and we've been live now for four years but I think at the same time through my own personal journey over the last 10 years and you know being in recovery and and going through that whole process you start to recognize the importance of relationships Mm -hmm. and you start to recognize like if how essential it is to have the right people around you and that is so true man like if you ultimately want to accomplish anything you have have to make sure that the people around you are in it with you mm-hmm. and any if you look at anyone that's ever accomplished anything like that's ultimately what it's about it's not just about you know what what skills does that one person possess but also who are they surrounding themselves with? Are they surrounding themselves with takers? Are they surrounding themselves with people that are just, you know, talking a bunch of junk to them all day long or, or force them to doubt what they're doing? Or are they around people that are going to speak truth to them and encourage? And that's what we ultimately, you know, try to do here is to, to recognize the importance of those relationships and whether it's in Ninja Warrior, because we have a ninja program here mm-hmm. and it's the community is very similar to that of OCR. Right. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, when people ask me, well, what, what's the difference between Ninja Warrior and OCR? Well, it's kind of like there's, there's obstacles and there's running at obstacles. <laughs> like, that's ultimately, a lot of them are dual purpose. So, um, I mean, to answer your question, it's always been about people at its core. And we've always said that it's bigger than weight loss. And I think without people and without genuinely wanting to help people and, you know, get to their core of, of, ultimately what's going to make them the healthiest then it's all going to be short term stuff anyways does that make sense yeah yeah it's funny I think also um, I know that you don't just um, say let's build relationships but I know that um, if I'm talking about you to somebody else I say that it's it's really sincere mm-hmm. and like one of my favorite pictures is uh, we were doing a mud endeavor race once I think it was I, I don't remember when exactly it was I just remember it was is it the one you were cold. pointing at my butt no, that's not the other. Different one. That's a whole okay. other story. Sorry, but, uh, <laughs> it was a it was a freezing one. Weird. It was the one in um, where there's a motocross track. But I I just remember. I know it was, exactly what that it is. was. It's freezing. It was cold. at nighttime. Yep. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Freezing cold, and we both had really good races. And I remember I finished behind you, but the picture that I'm thinking of is at the finish line. I'm happy because I'd done really well, and you're probably happier than I am. Mm. And I'm like, look at that. You know, like here you are like just genuinely thrilled at how I did you know as opposed to you know worrying about you and, mm-hmm. and I was like wow that's that's really cool you know so it's like when you know uh, we're talking about um, you know building relationships I know and I'm, I'm sure that even though you might not even realize it just your genuine like want for other people to do well like comes through See, I'm trying to I'm trying to build a case to stay on these other podcast episodes. <laughs> I can't see, tell. You're doing really well. <laughs> I, I mean, that's uh, that's very humbling to hear. Honestly, that's very humbling to hear, and that's that's the culture that we've tried to create, and that's because that there are people that have done that for me, mm-hmm. and I think that's the ultimate thing. Is is you know, in this business, the ones that do well, and in this industry, if there's a genuine concern to want to see other people do well. Mm-hmm. then we're obviously a lot more successful and it creates the culture that people want to be around. Right. And that's what we try and instill in all of our coaches that are here. And there are things that you can teach and there are things that you can't teach. And so 
now when we're interviewing people, like there are certain qualities and if, of genuine concern and integrity that we look for to try and ensure that you know we keep creating the best possible environment for every client that steps through our door. That's awesome, Jay. I appreciate that, dude. Not a problem. Super cool. Here, here's one thing that always fascinates me about you and your OCR endeavors, mm -hmm. and that is more than anyone I know, you travel mm -hmm. to races, and for for a lot of people, by the way, OCR is obstacle course racing. For anyone that's listening, it's like, what is this OCR stuff that they're talking about? It's obstacle course racing, distances anywhere from three miles to what is the Ultra Beast? Um, I think twenty six. Right? Twenty six, yeah. thirty miles. Uh, with a series of different obstacles in between. Um, it, most, of the, uh, most of the races nowadays are, or would you say most are mandatory obstacle complete at this point? Uh, Outside of the one? Um, I would, yeah, I mean, that's mainly the ones I do. So in, in my world, yes. Okay. But, you know, I mean, yeah, like the, the big ones aren't necessarily. So. For the most part. And then all that means is that every obstacle you come to, in order for you to be eligible to win something at the end, if you're running competitive, you must complete it. Um, the other alternative is to do some other physical activity as a result of failing the obstacle. Um, and Spartan is pretty popular for having 30 burpees for every obstacle that's failed. So there's kind of two trains of thought there. But um, yeah, so that's what OCR is and that's what it's about and that's what we love. And that's what Jason does, and probably I would say more frequently than a lot of people. How many races did you run last year? Uh, it was a light year for me. I, I did 29, and that makes me sad that I didn't get 30. But yeah, it was. Um, I usually average around between 30 and 40, like probably around 35. But yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I think I, um, I don't know, I. And there you have it, Jason. Um, that was our first hiccup today. There you go. Which isn't bad. I mean, I don't know how many minutes that was, but that's not horrible, right? Yeah, I mean, I just gave you my three and a half hour story of this year, but now I guess none of that recorded. Yeah, none so. of that recorded. That was six <laughs> hours that it's off the table now. Actually, um, but it, you were actually talking about how many races you ran last year. It was a light year. Yeah, yeah. I ran under 30, and I think, I think the thing that bothered me the most was that it wasn't an even number of... 30 it was 29 are you obsessive compulsive uh not with a lot of things but i think just with numbers yeah just because it's funny because i ran i think in the last three years i ran 40 35 and 30 so it was it's right on a number like a good number it mm -hmm. wasn't like so if i'm sure when i ran 35 i, I was at 34 and i go i need to run something yeah. to get 35 so and they have, and by the way, these races are nationwide. These are worldwide races now, right? Yeah. So it's big in Florida. Would you say that Florida and California are probably two of the most popular states? Just I know. Because of the weather and yeah, because you can run all year round. Right. Whereas you know up north, they're gonna not really gonna have a lot of people want to run the snow. Right. I imagine, but yeah, uh, it's yeah. It's, the way it usually works is we'll go up north more in the summer. Because I think maybe it's too hot here where they kind of, there's a lull in Florida in the summer. Maybe just because people don't want to get out when it's like that makes sense. 90 some degrees. And plus I'm off in the summer since I teach, so that's a good time to travel. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's cool to just get out and go to different places and see the different terrain. and Favorite race just, series? 
Uh, right now, my favorite race series, Savage And then race. how much did they pay you to say that? Uh, nothing, but, Ooh. you know, there's a... Um, Great race series, by the way. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Probably, I love their branding, too. I'm a yeah. branding guy. I love the logo. Yeah. It's, it has uh, a lot of the same blues, too, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> and just the creativity. They're, they're always coming up with something new, and, you know, they're, they're changing things up, and... It's the perfect balance mm-hmm. because I think that the issue, which I've seen something recently about Tough Mudder possibly mm-hmm. going bankrupt or possibly being acquired. Did you see that? Yeah. Spartan, yeah. which is going to be interesting to watch it shake out. Yeah. But, and that's really inside baseball for this podcast. Um, but the, what I think is interesting and what the, the struggle that I think a lot of these, um, uh, these OCR companies run into, it's, it's kind of like, which direction do you go, right? Mm-hmm. So for Savage Race, they maybe have, I'm gonna ball maybe eight thousand people. And again, this is just one man's point of view. But eight thousand people that run it between two days. But yeah. now they have the blitz. Yeah. Do they run the full course on Sunday also, or just the blitz? Uh, now they're doing. You can run both. Yeah. So I I think next year they're going all one day just Saturdays. But right. in Florida they're doing Saturday and Sunday because Florida is like their home area, and okay. they have a big base there, so they can do that. Gotcha. But I think either day you can run either one. The, the full course is usually around seven miles and the blitz is three. Which, let's explain that a little bit too. So, Savage Race is a, it was based out of Florida too. Or Georgia? Florida, Georgia? I'm pretty sure. Florida. Okay, Southeast. Um, but there are two different race styles that they uh, offer. One of them is the full race and that's seven, like seven, seven and a half mm-hmm. miles. And then the other one is the blitz, which is three, mm-hmm. is it three miles a year? Yeah. Even? Okay, cool. Usually around, yeah. So, you know, both of those are offered, and um, they have mandatory obstacle complete, of course, right? Right. right. So you have a band for the competitive wave, and the, there's, there's two different trains of thought for those that have never done an obstacle course race before. There's two different reasons, typically, that people will go to an obstacle course race. One of them is the competitive side, okay? It's typically the first wave that goes off. Um, and uh, it's groups of people that go off at the same time. And the competitive wave, they're all about finishing the fastest. No one is allowed to help one another, right? right. It's all about you know who can get through and complete every obstacle at the, the fastest pace, right? And then they award the winners. The other side of it is the general population, mm-hmm. and that's the remainder of the groups that will go out. And it's more about the community. It's more about accomplishing something together. Um, it's more about being challenged together. Uh, we at Live, we have an OCR, um, like an entire community of people that goes out to these races. And we have a couple, a few, quite a few now actually that run competitive, but a majority of our clients, we all love to do it again as a community and as you know we get out there and we help each other over walls and you know so on and so forth so there's two different trains of thought and i think what what happens to a lot of these races what i've seen is if you have eight thousand people running a race mm-hmm. let's say for savage right let's just use that number i don't know how how accurate that is if you have eight thousand people running a race and only 300 at most are competitive mm-hmm. right and the other you know 70 however many hundred are the general wave then you have to make sure that you're not make you're making a course that's appropriate for everyone right and i almost feel like that's why people loved battle frog because it was so challenging and right. they had some of the hardest obstacles or rigs out but you know ultimately was it too hard i don't know i mean i'm know. sure there's a lot of back end stuff too right. right but and just just to clear things up in case anybody's not sure, when we say mandatory obstacle completion, that is for that first wave, the competitive wave. Like right, if, you, if right, you're right. going as a community, you don't 
it's you don't have to like if you're not finishing the obstacle they're not kicking you out or anything like that <laughs> it's um which is great to see because i've i've volunteered at savage uh, a lot of times and seeing those other waves and seeing the groups of people encouraging and sometimes you know they're not comfortable doing it but they'll cheer their teammates on or you know they'll get through part of it and then they'll drop off like a rig say and then just be like oh man i've never made it that far you yeah. know and and be able to go that route and, and see how much improved and you know, just having that great community and, and being out there and helping each other out. And everybody's at a different place in their journey, you know, and, and even within a group. So you can see people, you know, tearing through these obstacles of the group and then, then they turn around and they help their friends that, you know, can't necessarily do them, but they're they're out there and they're having a good time, which is great to see. I've seen some of the most special moments, like, with our clients. Um, and typically the race that we encourage a lot of our, like, first-time clients to do mm-hmm. is the Mud Endeavor. Yeah. Because it's a local race, um, the obstacles are moderate. Teresa and Randy Yoho, if you happen to hear this, like you guys are awesome. Um, they put on a great, great race. They're a great community of people. And it's a good intermediate race with a relatively short length, and it's a great one. And it's pretty affordable yeah. also. So it's got a good price point. And it's, again, it's a great opportunity for you know our clients to go out, especially the ones that have never done it before. And find out what this OCR thing is all about, man. This obstacle horse racing, and I love it. It's yeah, awesome. It's a great series too because they're they do several races a year, but they're all very different. Like if you go to Little Manatee, there's a lot of water involved. Yeah. Um, Castle Canyon's got elevation up and down hills where you don't see that very much in Florida, you know. And um, their classic Mud Endeavor course, you know, is uh, really cool. Cause Brooksville. Yep, it's got slides and just you know it's it's I like it because you're kind of in a bowl so you can kind of see the course and see where everybody is um, yeah it's just a great great local series what do you think what do you think OCR has taught you why do you do I mean what, what do you do it what is the thing that you get out of it is it strictly all about the physical side or do you think it's deeper than that uh, I'd say a lot, a lot of things. Um, number one, I think what really got me going into it was just um, seeing what you can do. Like you're capable of more than you think you could do. That's awesome. And just you know, you don't know your limits until you push to them. I know these are things you see on these uh, posters or whatever, but it's really like I didn't think I could do that, but I pushed myself and now I can. Or I can't do it now, and I'm going to make sure I can. It's it's really great because I think like OCR will find your weakness and if you have a weakness you know you have to work on it and you get better turn it into a strength and now that that's one of your strengths it exposes a different weakness so you're like okay I gotta work on this you know so it's it's always keeping you on your toes it's not the same thing every time it's refining yeah and so that's one of the things uh, the other is really the like the community I'd say just meeting the most like selfless people the people that are just honestly and genuinely excited for other people to do well you know it's just you know finding like-minded people that just are positive and encouraging i've met the most amazing people in ocr and you know i'm just i'm thankful for that um what do you think about the photographs though oh yeah well that too you know you gotta have <laughs> i mean pictures. come on yeah um yeah I, I think i'm better at taking or getting pictures taken on an obstacle than I am if you just told me to smile. I'm the worst at posing for a picture unless I'm in a race. You always know where the camera is. Yeah. And you're typically in some type of glamour shots pose. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very funny. Um, I, what, 
I don't know. I think, and I tell my clients a lot this too, and I think I even had a discussion with someone that asked me, tomorrow I'm running a 31-mile race. Yeah. Okay? Out at Chrome. Mm. Shout out Chrome. Uh, shout out uh, Tampa Races. But I've never done 31 miles, and I've been training really hard. What's the longest you have run 22? Yeah. 23? Um, What's the terrain going to be like there? Uh, rolling hills. Okay. It's not going to be too aggressive. Um, but when people ask me why I do it, mm-hmm. first off, you know who David Goggins is? Yes. Dude, David Goggins had a great quote. He's like, well, people said, well, why do you run so, like seven or eight miles or 20 miles a day? He goes, because the fear and doubt can only last three miles. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like yeah. getting out there and clearing your head. Right. Uh, it's very therapeutic for me. But the reason why I do OCR and also I'm starting to do a lot more of these long, this is my first ultra marathon, mm-hmm. um, is the same reason why other people don't. Mm-hmm. Meaning, because it's challenging and because it tests you and because you get to find out, like, ultimately, you know, you get pushed. Mm-hmm. You get pushed to your threshold and you learn a lot about yourself and it's through those moments and i'm telling you this is such this was such a big deal for me personally and it was also such a big deal and that's why it's part of the philosophy of what we do here which is the confidence that you get from doing things that you never thought you could do right the confidence that you get from that can literally propel you into whatever the next greatest thing is for your life because it goes like this well wait a second i didn't think i could do that Mm-hmm. But I did do that. I enjoyed it. I was successful. What else can I do that I didn't think I could do? Right. And I think that's really, really important. No lie, Jason. We've had a lot of. I've having done this now eight years. Four of it is live. Uh, you know, and probably seven and a half years, and then three and a half of it is uh, Phil Lorenzo just a coach. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people who, because of some success with either weight loss or a specific exercise, or let's say a rope climb, or the eight-foot wall, or a box jump, have said, have gone through that same train of thought, and this sounds so foo-foo as I'm saying it, but I'm serious, Mm -hmm. have gone through that same train of thought and gone, okay, well, because of the successes that I've had in the gym, Mm -hmm. here's what I did. I got into this relationship that I never thought possible. I got out of this relationship that wasn't serving me. I applied for this job. Right, that I never mm-hmm. thought I would get. I took this job that I can't believe I got. Like, or I, I registered for grad school. I was like, I've gotten letters and notes. Like, so I mean, I think it does parallel a lot. Like this ultra marathons and OCRs, and there's something to be said with the struggle. There's really, really something to be said with the struggle, and um, it, it's the struggle is safe and it's appropriate. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about loading up 800 pounds on a bar and then going on a BOSU ball and doing something rich. That's an Instagram post. <laughs> I'm talking about a safe, appropriate struggle right. where you get down and you, you, you know, you have a little doubt going into it. And then on the other side of it, you're a lot better because of it. And I, there's, there's something so powerful and I've seen it time after time in my own life. I've seen it time after time with my clients. And I'll tell you, man, there's very few industries and jobs that, um, I feel very, very fortunate to be able to do this for a living because to be a part of that in someone else's life, I am extremely grateful for in all reality. It's super cool. That's super awesome. Cool, man. Now, let me get inside your head for oh, this race. Oh, boy. Um, 
I don't want to put this. This is in the your first head. ultra marathon I've run. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, you're in this race. Yes. And I'm gonna be thinking about this tomorrow. By the way. Uh, go okay. ahead. Maybe I shouldn't ask you. No. Go ahead. I was, no. No. I want. It. I want it. Give me the heat. <laughs> All right. So as as the live, you know, in live, mm. do you ever do you put a little bit more pressure on yourself? Ooh, Jason. It's so funny you say that. Yeah. Was that the end of your question? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. That's basically like basically in your head. Are you are you running for you? Are you running for live training center? Are you worried? Are you thinking about? And I guess during complete a, transparency. Yeah. Complete transparency. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had this conversation last night. OCR yeah. World Championship 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was in Ohio. Let me set the stage. Mm-hmm. It was in Ohio. Um, hopefully, I get these facts right for anyone that was there. Going, Dale. That was not what happened. I was there as so well. Okay. All right. Cool. Thank you. Um, 29 degrees when I went off. Okay. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. right. Plus or minus. Fahrenheit. Yeah. Okay. Fahrenheit. Yes. 29 degrees. Okay. I had been training at Celery Fields, but we're a Florida boy and they wanted us in the hills of Ohio. Okay. It was very cold and, um, we went off and it was still pretty early and they had us in and out of the water. True or false? Oh yeah. How awful was it? I can remember it to this day. I've never been as cold. I've never cramped as bad. They had it. How long was the slide? 100 feet? Yeah. 100 foot slide. Super fun. Super fast. Super fast. Super fun. Super cold. It was It was awful. Imagine going down a 100 foot slide, nine miles, nine and a half miles into a race with your body cramped up and you're literally going into water that's, what do you think? 45 degrees? 50 degrees? If that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe colder, right? It was insane. And I remember there was 53 obstacles. And it was obstacle number, there was 53 or 54. It was obstacle number 52, and it was right by the finish line. Right. And it was Skull Valley. Okay? And this is the entire reason why we have the skulls up in the gym, by the way. And I had completed every obstacle up until that point. Um, we had been training for a while. We had posted about it on social media. Um, we had actually, we were in the middle of acquiring Fit Lorenzo. This was when it was happening, 2015, October, oh. November. So I had all this on my head. Like, this is the beginning of it all, right? Go through the race. It just destroys me. It beats me up. And I get to this obstacle, and it, it, we go skulls across, I believe. We had eight or ten different skulls traversing laterally. And then we go under a cargo net. And then you have to go onto a rope and swing across. And then they have a uh, horizontal cargo net that is probably 20 feet long. And I remember I took like one or two grabs at the cargo net and my wrists and my arms were like, dude, you got nothing. And I dropped and I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay. This was the first obstacle I'd have failed, like legitimately failed at all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see the finish line, but my arms weren't working. And it was like that gut check moment. And I'm watching people go by me mm-hmm. and I'm seeing uh, Adam, shout out Adam Washburn, is on the sidelines with my wife and she's filming it, mm-hmm. right? And that's all I was thinking. Like immediately, I started thinking about all the travel, mm-hmm. all the social media. What do I represent? Like, you know, what what happens if I get? I can see the finish line. Like, I'm you know playing out. If I gave up my band, like, what does that look like? If I couldn't finish, what does that look like? Like, you know. So I remember getting one of those space blankets. Mm-hmm. You remember they had those like aluminum foil blankets. Oh, yeah. And I remember getting it and wrapping it. I have a really, really cool picture of it. Uh, but it, I was like caught in this space between between letting my arms rest 
but then I was soaking wet, so I was getting colder. Mm-hmm. So I'm super cold. I'm, I'm huddled up, and I have my, my space blanket on. And then from there, I was like, okay. So I went and I tried it again, and I literally got to that cargo net again, and I have a video of me like screaming and yelling, just trying to muster up like whatever I have. And I reached across, I jumped out as far as I can, and I reached across, made like three or four grabs, and I got it. And on the other side, dude, I mean, there was something emotional that happened. Mm -hmm. Complete transparency. There was something emotional that happened um, where it was just like this relief, but also this sense of accomplishment, but also reminding that my legs are literally about to fall off of my body. And I remember Danielle was trying to talk to me, and I had one more wall to cross, and then I was going to cross the finish line. And it was the toughest race of my life. But at that moment, and I do, I do. That's the reality. Like, mm-hmm. and it's honestly, I take it as like a like a privilege. Mm-hmm. At the same time, that um, that I am able to do that, um, and and feel like I represent, you know, who we are. Not that I have to succeed, mm-hmm. but I think it's just a matter of. effort because that's what we represent and as long as you go out there and you give absolutely everything that you have that's all that matters right you know what I mean yeah it's funny listening to that answer your question that 10 minutes not not really (laughs) it's just funny listening to you talking about it because I was in the same position probably hours later wherever my wave went but just the same thing where I got to that place and you can see the finish line and you can see the mass of people who are stuck there they're all in the blankets and Just looking around like, all right, why am I going to make it? And by the way, these are aluminum foil blankets. This is not like grandma's quilt. We're talking about like this uh, piece of tin foil. Yeah. And just, uh, you just, in all that time of sitting there, you you start to doubt yourself or, you know, you're trying to muster up that confidence and things. So yeah, it's, it's wild. But yeah. um, But like during the race. Yeah. That race or tomorrow? either one okay are you well what goes in your mind like are you are you thinking about those things are i know i'm looking for like for me when i'm running a race i Uh honestly i think about the kids no i i honestly i look for like if because i run with a gopro and i'll I'll film videos so you always hear me make some like bad what is your what is your youtube channel uh it's jason williams ocr i I think jason williams ocr i think on youtube yes but, um, Jason records like almost every race that he does. Yeah. So if you ever are curious about what is OCR or you know what about this upcoming race, more than likely if it's anywhere in the eastern United States, Jason probably has a video of it. Yeah, and um, I I'm getting old, so I need to film it so I can remember what I did. <laughs> but, um, but it's like I I'll watch the footage and every time there's a volunteer there, I'll I'll thank them, but then I'll say a dumb joke that's like just horrible but it's just like yeah. those little things that I use to distract myself like the pictures I think I post for pictures so it kind of gets my mind off of things you know to like remove myself thinking about how much it sucks you know do like, you get nervous I, um, in a race before I, a race oh yeah like I usually will gag as we're about to go to the start line like just alright but it's just what I've seen is that, and I'm going to let you ask your question, I've seen that you and I have two different demeanors at the starting line. Yeah? Yes. Because your demeanor, how you handle that, mm-hmm. that nervousness, is completely different than how I handle it. I get into that like blinders on space where I really can't hear what people are saying mm-hmm. or can't like comprehend. Like I can't have a small talk conversation. It's very hard for me. Right. 
but I've noticed that you and there's a select other group, right, mm-hmm. which is awesome that you guys are able to do this, will joke around and take pictures, like... Yeah, I think that's my defense mechanism. Maybe. It's like, I know that if I'm in an uncomfortable situation, I'll, I'll tend to joke. Yeah. Know? So I think that's my way of getting my mind off of the nervousness. It's yeah. just, let's be silly, let's take pictures, let's, you know, pose or whatever, and... You have yeah. some great poses, by the way. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. I try. But mm-hmm. I've noticed that, like, if I was in an obstacle and people are cheering me on, yeah, I this is like back when I first started, I would usually fail it because mm. it was, I, I would be worrying too much about, like, disappointing them or, or I don't know what it was or maybe just like, it's pressure. Oh, oh you think I can do this? I'll show you. I, I can't. <laughs> we sabotage yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's called self sabotage. You don't know me, <laughs> but. Um, then over the course of just being silly and goofing around and I think that just takes my mind off of you know you're just doing it like if I'm yeah. going through a rig and I'm looking to pose then I'm just doing it and yeah. it's like you know you train so much and you just it becomes second nature but the thing that usually messes you up is your own head you know and getting 100% your own so that's I think my way of doing that but but as far as like during the run like I said like I'm usually trying to find a way to like have somebody distract me you know, like mm-hmm. with the pictures or the people, or you know, if I'm running next to somebody, I'll I'll mess with them or something just to kind of, you know, keep my mind off of it. Yeah. Like what's what's in your brain as you're running? Mm. Here's what I'm constantly struggling with. The I I have this natural coach ability, mm-hmm. and it's sometimes it's hard for me at a race because the dynamic of me while it's like two different people Mm -hmm. it's like one the athlete but two the coach one you know focus on what you're getting ready to do the other is make sure that you're taking care of everyone that is that you're supposed to be taking care of right so when I'm in a competitive race though inevitably 90% of it will be Dale the athlete but typically 10% of it will be me even as people are passing me saying that's it that's it keep going keep going keep pushing like that naturally comes out Um, I've learned to try and have like a, a mantra almost and I know this sounds really hokey but it's almost like something that reminds me of all the work that I've put in or something that like takes me back and like recenters me mm-hmm. because doubt inevitably will come in and when you get to things that are difficult if you can remind yourself of your training and you can remind yourself of ultimately what you believe you can accomplish I, I think it helps so mm-hmm. when I'm out there I'm thinking about literally the last one I had mm-hmm. was dig deep like that's what I kept saying like, yeah. dig deep dig deep dig deep dig deep and um, just kind of take it as it comes and uh, I love to push though and I think that's part of the reason why it's hard for me to like joke around and whatever at right. the starting line because I'm ready to like unleash, mm-hmm. you know, and like get get like super busy. But did that answer your question? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's getting inside the head of what goes on during it because I know that I'm probably unique in the way that I deal with things. Like, well, I, I know there's a lot of people who are like yeah very intense, and I wonder sometimes like is that hold me back or does it I don't think that if I was more intense that would help me because then I don't know if that would like mess me up or I would make mistakes or or what well but at the end of the day let's be honest Jason Mm -hmm. I mean how many races have you gone without losing your band a good amount so you're doing something right on that regard yeah right Um, so I don't know how it could mess you up I mean it, it seems like it's working really well I will say it has to be fun 
you know and I think that's the other thing that I'm I'm starting to recognize even more is that uh, you know my running partner you know Mark Mark Proach shout out Mark Proach if it's not fun he's not doing it right I mean the end and and he's one of the best runners and athletes that I know but the minute it starts getting serious chalk it up like you know so I think there is something to be said about reminding yourself too, like who you are and what you represent. Right. And uh, you know to go out there and push as hard as you can, give a hundred percent of everything that you got. Stay focused. But at the end of the day, like have a good time. Right. And enjoy yourself. And Mark's a perfect example of that. Um, I was lucky enough to have him be on um, at OCR World Championships in Canada, uh, part of the team race. Yeah. He was on. He was the uh, speed guy yeah no you know obviously but i so there's a speed uh person there's an obstacle person and a strength person and um i was the obstacle person mark was the speed person and Brittany was the strength person hey Brittany. and um so we are basically there's a place where you pass off like yeah. the uh the wristband that has your timing chip on it so we mark goes off first speed guy. by the way this was in canada right Again, set the stage. A lot of hills. A lot of hills. We are Florida. And wet, and wet and muddy. I don't know if anyone knows this, but there's not a yeah. lot of hills in Florida. And um, so we we were both waiting for Mark to come back, and we know he's off, and it's going to be a little while. And we see the first guy coming down, and I recognize him from the day before because he had these weird, like, I want to say, like, unicorn pants. But he had been on the podium, so the guy was, like, super fast. And I tell Graham, like, Mark's coming soon. It's like, he, he's coming soon. Be ready. And she's like, "Are you sure?" It's like that guy. That guy's really good. I'm like, "Yeah," but so is Mark. But um, anyways, yeah. Here, next thing you know, here comes Mark, just blazing <laughs> down this hill, coming towards us. But the thing that stood out the most was the biggest grin on his face the yeah. whole time, and he was just so excited. So he handed off to Brittany. So he's done. She's going doing her thing, and I'm talking to him. And he was just so excited. He's like, "I just bombed through those hills. It was yeah. it was so cool." Like. He's like, yesterday I was nervous about, you know, it's like how to take these hills, you know, because we, we, you know, we usually run through flat things, but he's like, I was just watching other people do it. I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And he was just so excited and just so happy, you know, and I was like, that was the coolest thing. Like, did you just run like top speed for all that time? And yeah. you're just grinning ear to ear and loving it? I mean, that's great. What do you think, how do you think OCR, obstacle course racing, obstacle training, and this is for anyone out there, right, mm-hmm. who may not be an OCR junkie or may not be a, an OCR athlete, but mm-hmm. how do you think OCR and the philosophies behind OCR and everything that you love about it, how do you think that parallels life? And have you ever made those connections? I have, but I mean... Yeah, you, yeah, you ever... I, I, I just think, um, well, number one, it's like you... Obviously, if you have something specific, if it's not OCR, just something that you're finding like-minded people. Yeah. Like when you grow up, you kind of are, you know, you're around the people that are in your same class or in your same neighborhood, but you might not necessarily. Community. Yeah. That's it. But people you, love it. You're you're around them because they're near you, not not necessarily because you share the same thing, and and you see kind of people that are friends that they kind of grow apart. But it's like, all right, maybe we are only friends because we live near each other or something like that. But you know, when you go out and you do something that you are passionate about and then somebody has that same passion and they're doing it for the same reasons you are, you know, it kind of, you know, you, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing just to find people that uh, share the same core values as you. Hmm. And I know I kind of went on a tangent. I forgot exactly what you asked me. But How do you think it parallels life? Like, do okay. you think there's anything like literally practically that you can get out of OCR? Yeah. I And yeah, that's where I was going with it is just, 
Um, like when you struggle, like you're, you know, you struggle in OCR, like I can't get through an obstacle and you, you know, you realize, you know, there's different ways you can attack it. You can get mad, you can quit, you can walk off, you yeah. can, you know, take it as a positive, you can work on it. And, you know, when you come across something in life that's a struggle or, you know, we all have those things in life where, you know, things don't go our way. How do you handle it? And I think that's the thing is, I think most of the people, like I said, when I had... That's it right there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. When I made friends with people who were struggling on the same obstacles as me, it wasn't that they were struggling, and that's why, hey, you stink at this like I do. It was the fact that, yeah, there were people who were also stuck that I'd talk to because they weren't handling it very well. Yeah. And I think it's like you see the people who are handling adversity well, they're staying positive, they're encouraging other people, and they're they're not letting it you know, change them. You know, they're, they're still there for the right reasons and they're, they're still trying to move forward and it's not going to break them you know it's I may make it across this obstacle I may not yeah but I'm still me and I'm still gonna work my best to try and even if it doesn't go my way that's okay but I'm gonna use it and then if you don't succeed you learn a lot about it right and then the next time that you meet that same obstacle so to speak mm -hmm. or struggle in life like you can deploy those skills on that next struggle I think I don't know I don't know if I should even say this but I don't know how it's changed me as a teacher because I think it's made me more intense as a teacher maybe like like go 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 you got this you know like and and maybe I need to like dial it back a little bit where you know <laughs> it's it's um when you're when you're on the obstacle course and everybody's trying to yeah. do that it's not the same as yeah we all have to be here in this class like yeah, I'm, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not on board with yeah. this so um are you screaming at your children not screaming at them but just like you know like you're encouraging them like you're trying to empower them yeah but like you know keep pushing doesn't right, work right, right. the same way it's no. like no I don't want to push yeah <laughs> Um, so and not I mean not all the time but you know like sometimes like I get I get hyped up about algebra sometimes as much as I get hyped up about an obstacle and that's doesn't always translate well to everybody because they're not as excited as I am do you value being uncomfortable yeah I I think do you think OCR taught you that or do you think um, you had that before yeah let me I, I value being uncomfortable when it's me making myself uncomfortable okay like if that makes sense. I'm a socially awkward person. Okay. So a perfect example of that is I remember... Being on a podcast? Yeah. Well, I mean, I chose to be here, so that's fine. <laughs> okay. But right. like um, being at a race the day before, like if I'm on a trip and we go visit the race, right? I instantly feel like I'm not allowed to be here. And I get completely awkward and like I'm, like I'm doing something wrong. When and you go on a trip? Yeah, like, okay, so we go to, like, we went to Tulsa for Conquer the Gauntlet. I right. I it was Tulsa. And for some reason, like, we had time to kill. So we're like, oh, our hotel was, like, 10 minutes from the race. Let's go to the race, see if there's anybody there that we know. And we get there, and instantly I don't see anybody that we know. It's just the people getting the race ready. And instantly I'm like, all right, let's go. And uh, Brittany, and she's like, no, well, we came here. Mm -hmm. Let's get out. And I'm like, No. And I, I remember hiding behind the porta potties because I was just like, I don't want to be here. And it was, so it's an that kind of uncomfortable, you know, like being in a situation, I was like, I, I don't like that. But I'm not sure if that's where you're going with it. But, well, but if I put myself in a position where it's like, 
I'm trying to do something that I'm maybe not able to do. Right. And maybe I need to reframe that as if I'm socially awkward, I need to put myself in these socially awkward uh, positions. And you maybe just gave me an epiphany that, okay, if I frame it that way of this is me training myself to be yeah, better. Yeah. Oh, man, I think I just had a moment. That's the game. Okay. And I'll tell you, and I mean, it, it, honestly, it's like that. That's what I really feel is was one of the biggest takeaways for me from this type of training and this mm-hmm. type of stuff is like the things that make me the most uncomfortable mm-hmm. are the ones that and I don't do this with everything and I don't bat a thousand I don't mm-hmm. I'm, I fall short all the time but I typically try and make it a point to lean into those things that are that scare me a little bit right because that's where the freedom is on the other side of it mm-hmm. um, for this year 2020 it was about getting back to being vulnerable and getting back to having courage with your story and and with you know who you are as a person and your roots and you know letting people know you know your your story and your struggle and everything that you know God did in your life and how amazing that is and I think there's power in that right. but a lot of times if we get inside our own head too much it locks us down right. and it keeps us from really enjoying like ultimately what we're trying to accomplish and you know all the freedom that that we should be living with um, and I, I think about that, again, with this type of training or running a race or doing an OC. Like, I was talking to Danielle, my wife, last night about it as we were thinking about for this podcast. And I'm like, it's so crazy that I literally came in here as a client. Right. A client for boot camp. And after being here for a month or two, started this. Now, let me even back up even further. Right. I was in a, uh, a treatment facility from 2010 to 2011 and a half. And during that period, as I was going through my recovery, we started like this little fitness thing. Like I mm. started to get healing on, on an emotional level and a spiritual level and all these different things and started to recognize all these points in my life that needed healing. But at the same time, I was 230 pounds. And I started to recognize that all of this healing that had taken place with me, um, I would still look in the mirror and not like what I saw and it would start to affect me emotionally and then you know mentally and whatever so that's when I started running and exercising crazy story I can remember being there right Mm -hmm. still smoking cigarettes you heard it here first (laughs) still smoking cigarettes and my sister Amber calls me and says hey you know what you should do you should run a half marathon I'm I'm smoking while she's talking to me (laughs) in a treatment facility right it's like, oh my gosh, okay. So that's what we did. And I kicked the cigarette habit. I can remember going out and thinking, okay, let's see, how long is a half marathon? I think I looked it up. Like, I don't even know how long that is. So I looked it up and it felt so far out of reach. It felt so crazy. Like from 2000 to 2010, I had pretty much done everything I, I was trying to do to put myself in the grave, honestly. And so it was such like a, a light bulb moment. So I can remember training as hard as possible. Um, I went out and ran four miles as fast as I could. And I thought I was going to throw up. Like it, I remember it was 32 minutes. Yeah. 32 minutes, which is insane. But I, I was like, how am I supposed to run 13? Right. So we ended up doing the half marathon, trained for it. Um, we had these little P90X DVDs that we would do intermittently at the, at the center. That's all we had. <laughs> And then from there, after the half marathon, I did it, accomplished it. I'm like, this is insane. Like, what else can we do? 
came in here as a client, right? Fast forward a year, came in here as a client in like 2012, almost 2013, was here for a couple months as a client and started to see the benefit in this new life I was living and wanted to share it with other people. Went to Ed, Ed allowed me to be an intern here, came on as staff, and then the next thing I know in 2015, we're working to acquire it. And it was like each step of the way, it was like this thing that went, but wait a second, that sounds so far out of reach. But everything I've done for the last two and a half years is out of reach. Right. You know? What, uh, did you have any doubts as far as like when you decided to work here? You know, be a Every coach? day. Yeah. Dude, so, I can remember some of my first training sessions. They were awful. So what made you... Just keep... like this podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. What made you go for it? I guess what I'm trying to get into is like in the head, like, okay, let's say another person, same journey as you up to the half marathon point, yeah. but they don't finish. They don't make it. Yeah. You know, what happens then? You know, like what, where, like I'm sure you see it where maybe you get people come in as clients and they don't, you know, things don't go their way. And I'm sure you're giving the short version of it, but I'm sure there are setbacks along the way. Oh my gosh. But what what happens in those setbacks? I'm sure your experience could probably helps you with, with You ready people. for this? Yeah. Community mm-hmm. and people. Because here's the deal. If you're surrounding yourself with people who are like, oh man, you're right. Like, you were wronged. Yeah, let's go out and have a drink and we'll both be wrong together down in this hole. If you have those kind of people around you, then it's really tough to keep moving. Right. Failure is part of it. I was going to ask you actually today what was the last thing you failed at. That was going to be one of my questions. Because it's part of the process. Mm-hmm. But if you're around people that go, hey, dude, listen, if you suck at this, that's all right. Get back to the grindstone and keep going because you got big things planned. Right. If you constantly have those people around you, bro, it's limitless. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like, you can accomplish anything that you ultimately want and makes you happy. I'm a firm believer in that. And if you have the right people, now listen, I'm never going to play in the NBA. I'm not. Right? I that attitude. I probably won't be president. <laughs> right? That's that's the reality. But right, I really right. don't want those things either. Right. Um, but, but the right people is the short answer to that question is there were a lot of doubts. There was doubts all along the way about, you know, how would this go? And, and dude, there were a, early on, you know, learning the ins and outs of a business and the dynamics and how those change, it's challenging, you know, and to be able to hold that together, to be able to present and make the impact in our community that we wanted, it is challenging. Mm -hmm. But with each challenge came a new sense of fulfillment and with each challenge came a new growing moment. And it it literally is like a snowball, Mm -hmm. you know. uh, We, Danielle and I, obviously we had have a lot of faith she would I would probably say that she has more faith in God than I do that's just I mean she's got an amazing amount of faith like it's unbelievable and um, anytime there was any type of setback we just stand on what God says and say okay like this is how we believe that he's going to provide in that situation so that is a big part of it also Um, and there were setbacks along the way you know but that's the beauty of the story and it's not about, I mean, this. I'm going to channel my inner Rocky Balboa. Like, it's not about getting knocked down. Like, right. you're going to. Yeah. You literally are going to. When you started OCR Racing, you failed a lot of obstacles. Mm-hmm. I remember you starting off here. You looked 
completely different. Your attitude was completely different. You've grown through that process. And if you failed one obstacle and was like, this isn't for me, you could do that. Or you could find a really cool training place like <laughs> this and find some really good people to surround yourself right. with that will say in spite of you missing that obstacle, you can do it. Come back and bust your butt, man. Right. And I'm, I don't know, dude. Like that is that is a big thing for me is is making sure to have the right people around you and then also just, you know, having a vision, having a mission, believing God for it and having people that will stand with you through those moments because there were so many people along the way, dude, so many people that have this is not a one man show. Mm-hmm. Right? This is not a one man show. And anything that's worth anything, there's a lot of people involved and we're fortunate enough to have, you know, a lot of the right ones around us over the last four or five years. That's awesome. It's like, yeah, because I always talk about live training center in the community, you know, and the people, but yeah. now it kind of changes my perspective a little bit more. It's like, wow, so the people that come and, you know, they train and they work out and, you know, it, it's not always, you know, things happen. You know, maybe you fall off, yeah. maybe, you know, you, you can't make it for a little bit, but just having that community there to kind of, like maybe they don't have the faith, maybe they don't have the family or anything like that that's there to support them, but they know they can come back here and, you know, there's open arms and there's going to be encouragement, which I'm, I'm sure goes a long way with, you know, not only just building the community, but keeping it going. Like right. I know that um, anytime, it seems like anytime you need something, you're like, you know, I, I have a client that does that. <laughs> you know, it's just, and they're always willing to help. Yeah. And, and just... That, that just says a lot because um, it shows what you've done for them that you might not even realize that they're so willing to do for you. Mm. It's like a big ball of reciprocation. Mm-hmm. It genuinely is. And, you know, to speak on what you just said, like the reality is it, you love your mom, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. You obviously love your mom. Mm-hmm. If you only hung out with your mom all day and you didn't hang out with anyone else that did OCR, do you think you'd get much better at OCR? No. Probably not. And that's the same thing here, is that a majority of, of the people when they leave here, they're not, they don't have anyone in society. Your, your entire family, whoever you are, more than likely isn't going to be aligned perfectly with, with what you want to accomplish in life. So if you can intentionally right, surround yourself with those people, mm. it, it makes your, I don't want to say chances, but your ability to succeed exponentially grows Mm -hmm. because you got the right folks around you and when you start to slide one direction and go no you got this you got this come on come on they're also there to speak truth to you like yo you're messing up right now you need to tighten up you know so I think that's such a huge part of it also dude it's funny how we don't um, realize also to just the basics of like for example I I went to the eye doctor last week and it was the first time in six years Uh I went and for most of my visit, the lady was basically saying, where have you been for six years? And, and kind of like just like scolding me. <laughs> and I'm like, I go, and I'm just basically at one point, I'm like, I go, now I'm starting to see why I didn't come back for six years. <laughs> so I'm like, like, you're not making me want to come back. Right. Like, what is going on here? Like, I'm, I feel like I'm a, like a child getting in trouble. Of course, when my vision didn't change, I was like, well, see, I guess I didn't have to come back. Are you in bifocals yet? Great question, Dale. <laughs> no. Are you in bif- trifocals? No, no. no. Okay. I'm wearing contacts, so. Good for you. I can, I can see. First again. time, or have you? No, no, I, I wore them six years ago, and I stopped wearing them. When you went to the eye doctor. I squinted myself in the 2020, but uh, vision, but. That's hilarious. I, 
you know, I yeah, I went back because just you know I'm getting older, so I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going completely blind. And yeah, plus it was the end of the year, so you know insurance. Yeah. But it was just you know the big point was that you know it's like if if someone were to come back here, like you don't know their story and like maybe why they weren't here. And if your your first thing is like, oh, so you hadn't been here in six months, what's yeah. wrong with you? So you put on some pounds. You know, it's just like okay, well see you later <laughs> and then they don't come back it's just like you know there's always open arms and sure. you know it's like it's not like you don't know everybody's story but you're not you're not going to turn anybody away and just like you know I'm glad you're back you know it's like I know that like I, I got hurt 2015 and I was out of it for a while and it's just like you know it's you come back and you're ready to start up and, and you don't feel you're like I know I'm not where I was but there is none of that what happened to you you know right it's just I'm glad to see you, and let's get to work, you know, and then that, that goes a long way, even though you might not realize it, it's just, there's there's no judgment, it's just, you know, let's do what we're here to do, Well, let's I, get better. But, and you know what though, Jay, like, coming from the place that I came from, mm-hmm. I have a unique perspective, it, it, it affords me the opportunity to have a unique perspective. To be completely honest, if we knew everyone's story, we wouldn't judge anyone for anything. Right because everyone's got drama like everyone has been through some stuff that Mm. shapes who they are and shapes how they act and even the most awkward of people they have a story Mm. and um, that's why it's it's really really challenging for us so when people do come in it it's something that you know we try and keep that in mind and ultimately we just want to help you get better and if we understand that it's not going to and again here's the other thing long-term sustainability versus quick fix right a lot of this industry the health and wellness industry preys on society's need Mm -hmm. to get a lot out of a little Mm -hmm. let me sell you this rap thing let me sell you this drug you do nothing all you gotta do is sit can you sit fantastic my favorite commercial is this this following commercial is only for the people that want to lose a lot of weight if you don't want to lose a lot turn it now this isn't for you and listen, and I'm not downplaying if that has worked for you, fantastic, but it's a quick fix. We gotta get away from that quick fix. We have to look at what is the long-term solution going to be, right. you know? Um, and finding a balanced approach, not an extreme approach uh, to your overall health and wellness in anything you do, it typically will get you the long-term results and that's ultimately what we're after. So when someone comes in, we don't look at it as, oh, well, you haven't been here. We were just in this challenge two months ago. You know, what, where you been? You blew up. Your results are, like, it's, this is part of your life. Right. Like, your life is long. Our life is long. Like, you're here. It's going to ebb and flow. We want it to be perfect, but there's going to be stuff that's going to come up. We know that. Where our goal is to equip you and educate you and empower you so that even through those moments, like, you're able to make good decisions about how to keep your health where you want it to be. Right? Oh, definitely. That's the game, man. That's the game. I had another question I was going to ask you. It's going to come to me in just a second. What inspires you, man? What are you inspired by? Uh, that's a good question. Um, inspiring for me to do better or just inspire me in everyday life? What do you see that inspires mm-hmm. you? Oh, uh, usually just seeing people do things. Um, it can be, you know, just... Oh man, that's a tough one. I like. I want to say like I'm trying not to go strictly with racing, you know, when yeah. you see somebody. Yeah, but, yeah. But just uh, seeing people do little things in 
and being excited about it. Yeah. Like I'm trying to play something I know is in my head of something I just saw the other day that I want to say it was just a kid mm. that just did the most mundane thing with just, you know, like jumping off a step, you know, something like that, but just so pumped and so excited. Right. It's just, it's that positivity. It's like, it seems like we're in a spot where a lot of people, there's a lot of negativity out there. Yeah. A lot of people pick a side. You believe in this, you believe in that. And if you don't believe what I believe, you're wrong in everything now. And it's almost like I've been comparing it to like, you know, you have your team, like, you know, your college football team, whatever. It's sure. like, we're rivals. It doesn't matter if I have a good year or a bad year. That's my team and we can do no wrong. And if you like the other team, you're, you're garbage. Whereas... Yeah, there is no space right now where we can disagree but still be friends. Right. Right. And so I think maybe that's the inspiring thing is seeing that just joy and, and you know, enjoyment, positivity. And, you know, obviously you're going to see that with kids because, you know, they're just kids. Yeah. But, you know, just seeing... It's, it's funny, like, something is... It's, I don't know, I've been trying to be more mindful of, like, the little things. And I remember just being at, like, a car rental place. And the lady was just really nice. And I was just like, that's awesome. You know, and just saying, you know, she's she just made my day. There's nothing special, just very, just happy. You know, and just enjoyed herself. And just, you know, we joked around a little bit. And just, I walked out of there just with a smile on my face. And like, that was great. Keep it simple. Yeah, it's just... That that's like if we all just made that little bit of effort, and you know just you know just smiled, mm. you know talked to somebody. I think the my biggest pet peeve I've noticed is um, not even if I'd almost somebody rather be rude to me, like if I'm at a store or something, than to just disregard me. Like if I'm at like a grocery store and like the cashier is just talking to the bagger the whole time, mm-hmm. and like doesn't even say the total. And I'm like, I exist, you know, like, yeah. I'm here. Say something bad to me, something, you know. Um, I'd have to agree. I really like watching a client succeed. I think yeah. that inspires me. Yeah. It inspires me to want to be better. It inspires me personally. Mm-hmm. It inspires me to want to coach better. I've started to lean in, and it, I'm telling you, it's every part of my life it feels like. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to lean in more towards the clients that I have you have all different levels of clients Mm -hmm. and now I'm helping people with nutrition we've had almost 90 people go through our nutrition program now in three years that's insane okay Um, and that started from nothing and now it's this like this thing Um, but you know helping people go through that program specifically it's a different type of coaching right because with personal training and personal coaching that client is right in front of me mm-hmm. I'm there for two hours a week or three hours a week if I'm meeting but when we're talking about nutrition coaching right mm-hmm. or like legitimately coaching someone you're coaching behaviors outside of the gym right does that make sense like oh yeah so you can't sit there and say you got this one more rep or whatever it's you're you know. trying to give them tools right. to handle maybe emotions that you're not going to be there for Right. You can't say, you know, you've seen that thing like slapping a burger yeah, out of their yeah, hand yeah. or, or a cut, like you're not there for that. So it requires this different set of skills. It requires empathy. Mm-hmm. It requires uh, intention. 
it requires um, strategy and it, it requires you to be able to meet the client where they're at and recognize that not everyone, like we could have 10 people sitting here and you could have the perfect plan for all 10, but each one of them could have different things that would cause them to deviate from that perfect plan. Right. So it's not just about creating the plan as much as it is the application of the plan. Right. And that is a different skill that I've had to work on over the last three years. And it feels like, it, every client that comes in it's like a new challenge yeah and that when i see a client that feels like they can't lose weight or or they have struggled with nutrition i have so many people that have sat here and gone i'm i've been doing boot camp for this long i've been working out for this long i've been you know doing pt now and it's just not getting me to where i want to be and ultimately to be able to take that client educate them about healthy eating Mm -hmm. create a plan for them create a high level of accountability and then to be able to help that client succeed and then, then look at you and go, man, this is awesome. Whew, that's heavy stuff, man. Yeah. That's 15-hour days. You're like, I get it. Like, I'm okay with it. It's okay. super cool. Kind of, maybe I'm totally you get the, No, you get the same thing, I'm sure, in, in math, I'm sure, in, in teaching, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, well, it's kind of, I'm, I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of parenting, what you were saying. Yeah. Is, like well, you, I'm a new parent too, so yeah, there you so, go. So your your ultimate goal is, or at least my ultimate goal when I was raising my daughter was, I want her to be able to make those choices when I'm not around. What a great parallel. Yeah. So it's like, all right, as a new uh, teaching nutrition, yeah, I'm not always going to be around. Sure. So I need to put give you the tools to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. You know. So, yeah, and, and with teaching, um, and thanks for putting me back on tracks. I know I fell off the rails a few minutes ago, but um, <laughs> yeah, having. Having those little, you know, victories of getting someone that, that you see that they're getting it. You know, they might not um, be the top-notch, like, A student, mm-hmm. but they're someone who may be shut down. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think the biggest battle I have as far as teaching math is that society's kind of has built in, it's okay to not be good at math. You know, it's like, if you can't say, I, I, it's okay to not be a reader. Oh, I can't read. Oh, okay, you're just not a reader. You know, like if you say, oh, I can't do math. Yeah, you're not a math person. That's like built in. So there's people that are hearing this from the parents of just like, oh, can you help me? Nope, I can't do it. I can't. I'm just not a math person. So they have it built in their head of it's okay. Maybe that's just not what I can do. And so you're you're kind of, you know, getting in their head of just, okay, first off, I, you can do it. Yeah. You know, and building that confidence. So getting those like little victories of, you know what? you believe in yourself or you, you know you're you're willing to try it you know so i'm sure there's people that come in here that that's the first step is not just you know kick their butts but it's like okay let's show you success and say look we're going to start out at your where you're at but we're going to show you success because when you see the success you're going to believe in yourself and then keep going foundation yeah like i'm not going to throw it it's like well this kid's you know low low level like test score and he's has trouble with the basic facts and all right let me throw some high level stuff at you and then you're going to fail and then you're going to be like no you know yeah. it's like you've got to you know build that confidence and show them that they can do it and, and open that door and so when you've got those couple kids that come in and you can already tell from day one they're they're not having it and then you look back now and you're like you know what they're you know they might not be getting straight A's right now in your class but they're, they've come a long way of now they're willing to push and they're willing to try some things that they weren't willing to at the beginning of the year that's awesome. That's that's ultimately what it's about, and I'm, I'm sure you do a great job with the teaching. And um, 
I, I don't know. I can't help but think. I know I, I've seen some pictures and video of how you tie your class in with some of these OCR races, and you know you'll have you wear a lot of your OCR shirts to school, right? On you Friday. wear a lot of your OCR. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, on, <laughs> on, 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 fr- on Fridays. Okay, yeah. on Fridays when it's loud. <laughs> but they all know that you run races, right? Yeah. They know yeah. that's a big part of your life, and I think that's leading by example, which is the other side. It's like I don't know. I, I think there is something about. It, traditional fitness being disrupted right now and there's a lot of different ways and not actually not just even in fitness and health but in every industry it's like things are getting disrupted that's what I feel like and you know fitness and health and wellness is one of those and OCR and Ninja Warrior and all these other you know different modalities are uh, providing an opportunity for people to get healthy and fit and in a lot of cases you know, aren't necessarily spending a lot of time in a commercial traditional gym. Mm-hmm. So um, that's definitely with the kids. I'm sure as they're watching you, it's it's definitely leading by example, and it's showing them that you you know you can be athletic and healthy, and and it can be fun and enjoyable, and you get a medal, and yeah. look at these cool pictures of your teacher. You know, and well, I think I think too. You brought up the gym, and I know that if I go to a traditional gym, it's just there are a couple people that know each other and things like that, but it's very there's definitely not a community yeah and it's like you know we just had new year come and it's it seems like every year there's always people like oh boy here come those people with their resolutions mm-hmm. the gym's gonna be packed it's like all right why is that a bad thing you know and it's like well they'll be gone soon so good now i can have my gym back well, it's like well isn't it better to like if you're if you're looking at people and you're saying they need to get in shape yet when they try you're not helping them out you know so maybe that's why people when they try to go to a traditional gym, they don't do well because there's not that community. There's, you know, it's like if you're looked down upon, like, oh boy, you're just in my way, as opposed to welcome. Sure. You know, if you need something, let me know. I can help you out. I, I still like if I were to go into a traditional gym, I, it's like I'm back in school again. It's like yeah. I don't belong here. It's like, like someone's like, are you using that machine? I'm like, yeah. Is that all right? <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's all right. I'm like, okay. There's this, you know, it's just, it's like. <laughs> Do I belong here? Like, I have a membership. Well, I don't know. I think it's just a different vibe. I'm Mm -hmm. not here to say which one works better than Mm -hmm. the other. But I think what we've tried to do is take all the guesswork out of it. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, And I have to say, you know, you're you're right on the money with that. And uh, if a client comes in here, as long as they have a desire to want to get better, that's all that they need and they're ready Mm -hmm. to work. Uh, There is... we, We provide the workout, the energy, the expertise, the community, the energy, like, I think I may have said that twice, but it's <laughs> it's all provided for you. There's a lot of people, I think one of the things, what I've seen in my experience, not always, but what I've seen is part of the reason why there's such a high turnover rate at a commercial gym, one is that feeling, but the other one is that you either start to do, and this is not for everyone, so anyone that's like, yeah. no, I, I go to a commercial gym, I do fine. That's so. That's awesome. Crush it. But either you you're doing the same routines over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and you're not progressing, and you know you're 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 hitting some plateaus, mm-hmm. or you really don't know what you're doing in the gym, or if you're working out by yourself, you really can't push yourself like you can, mm-hmm. um, and it becomes very one dimensional. So that's kind of what we've tried to do: is take the guesswork out, and we provide. You know, systematic type programming, strength days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 
more cardio and conditioning on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We work on balance, we work on core strength, we work on plyometrics, stability, um, strength, maximal strength, power, uh, speed, agility, quickness, like all proprioception, like all of these things combined rolled into these workouts and typically unless you really know what you're doing in a gym or you hire a personal trainer, you're probably not going to get the same demand on the body, which ultimately is going to result in either you getting frustrated and leaving, you know, or some other version of, of you stopping before you really need to. So uh, that's why I believe our clients, that with the community is one of the reasons why I feel like we've had the success. And even over the last three years, adding that nutrition piece to the puzzle, I think has really opened things up because... You know, this what I tell my clients, Jason, is is calories are like money, okay? And in terms of weight loss, if you are eating more calories than your body is burning, you're gonna gain weight. Right. So that means if you are burning ten thousand calories a day, but you're eating eleven thousand, you're still gonna gain weight. Right. Okay? And that's hard sometimes when we bust our butt in the gym five days a week. But we bust it just as hard in the bar or restaurants or doing all this crazy stuff on the weekends. And we end up in either breaking even or a net surplus in our calorie intake for the week. That's where a lot of frustration comes into play. So I think the nutrition program has really, really helped us to take the guesswork out. There's a lot of information out. Simplify the process, create something that's individualized and sustainable, and then show people how to apply that around their family, their kids, their work environment, their holidays, their vacations, and you know, empower people and say, listen, you can literally live. You know, it's called the Live State of Mind podcast. That's the idea. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not just about looking amazing. Mm -hmm. I have a client, I'm not going to name her name, but. You know, I think she's 63 years old, and she had been doing boot camp here for a while. And she came in and went through the nutrition program. She was doing boot camp four to five times a week. Went through the nutrition program. She improved her overall weight and body composition by like, now she's 63, and she was in pretty decent shape, by like 15 pounds and like 5% or 6%, right? Wow. She looks amazing, but you know what's more important than that? Like, her going on 50-mile bike rides on Saturday and Sunday. Her going on a vacation and, you know working in a workout with her and her significant other like you know leading by example out on the floor and showing people parts of the nutrition holding people accountable mm -hmm. and like literally living and that's what putting the right things into your body and exercising and surrounding yourself with good people can afford you the opportunity to do it's not just about looking amazing it's about living right. it's about enjoying life go run go do a 10 mile race go bike go do an OCR like Enjoy life. We're designed to move, right? Yeah, that's, that's the awesome. game, man. That's great. I'm gonna ask you a, a technical question now. Oh boy! Because you know this is probably gonna sound like a really softball for you, but it's okay. just something. Well, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm the first about. to tell you if I don't know. I think okay. that's what makes me hopefully okay. a good trainer. But I say I don't know. So right, when you're talking about nutrition uh -oh. and people, like you talk about the eating eleven thousand calories yes. and burning ten thousand. Yes. So I've heard people say. Like you're not eating enough when you're when you're working out. How does that factor in? Or when do you know? Like if, if you're at a, is it because you're at a too big of a deficit where you're not able to perform? Or 
I don't know. I, it may be a dumb question, but I've just heard people say... Have you ever seen any obese people in Kenya on any of those things, like in the infomercials? No. They're all starving. Right. There was a train... Does that make sense, what I just said to you? Do you see the application of that? Like Not yet. drastically right. under-eating, okay. is my point, mm-hmm. right? Um, there, and I'll tie that up right now because that sounded way out of right field. <laughs> but that's a good example because... There, there is this train of thought. Well, actually, let me even go back further. Mm. Fat loss and weight loss is typically performed when we are eating fewer calories, mm. right, than we are burning, mm. all right? So that means if you're burning 2,500 calories, mm. your body normally burns calories. It's called a basal metabolic rate. So whatever your basal metabolic rate is plus whatever your activity level is. If you sit at a desk all day and you work out none, your total overall calorie burn would be a lot less than someone who maybe worked out on the farm and exercised three times a week. Do you see the difference? Yep. Okay. So our goal for weight loss is to create a deficit off the total number of calories that is burned. Mm -hmm. We want to find a sweet spot, okay? Because while we do want actual fat loss and weight loss, we also want to make sure we have a healthy relationship with food, Mm -hmm. all right? And we also want to make sure that we're ideally targeting as much of the fat as we can, all right? Um, If we create too big of a deficit, a couple things can happen, right? So let's say it's 2,500. Our brain sometimes goes, oh, well, if I burn 2,200 calories, that's a 300-calorie deficit, so I'll burn some or I'll lose some weight or fat. Mm -hmm. But if I take in 1,800 calories, then I'll really be losing. If I take in 1,000 even more, right? Right. But there is a little bit of a law of diminishing returns there where a couple things can happen. One, if we undereat too much, it starts pulling out the lean mass and the okay. lean muscle. The other thing is that if we're looking for a healthy relationship with food and a balanced approach, sometimes starving ourselves leads us to binge eat. Right. Right? In which case, sometimes that will take our calories back up higher than we want it to go mm-hmm. or just cause us to have an unhealthy relationship with food. So it's two parts. I think what you're ultimately asking, though, is can under-eating affect your metabolism and cause you not to lose weight? Is that right? Yeah. Is that what you were asking? Yeah, because I, I just, I've just heard when people say you need to eat more like to, to people. Just, is, is that what's happening? It it can, but a lot of times it can affect your overall metabolic rate, Mm -hmm. right? If you're in a calorie deficit, you will lose fat and you will lose weight, Mm -hmm. okay? But to say that if you undereat too much, you won't lose weight, that's there's some research that shows that's not entirely true, okay? And that's the the analogy of the you know the people who are starving are they usually huge mm-hmm. right? right or are they usually relatively skinny here's right. the deal though what we found is is that if we have a balanced approach right we definitely need a deficit because every diet works did you know that if you're following it right there you go okay if your adherence is where it is okay so every diet typically works um, because they're all rooted in one thing a calorie deficit. Mm. You cannot be eating more calories than you're burning and lose weight. If you are, watch this, and this is what happens typically for a lot of people who think that they're under eating. If you create a big deficit, let's say you're at a thousand calories, right? You have a thousand calorie deficit for a few days. 
and is that the alarm? If you have a thousand mm-hmm. calories a day for a few days, right? And then on the weekends, let's say for four or five days, and then on the weekends you bomb it out. Mm. Your net calories for the week would actually either be at break even or at a surplus. All right. The other thing is, is that typically if I have a client who is saying, I think my problem is I just don't eat enough. Mm. When we go to actually, one of the biggest steps that I have a client do is start to log and keep track of everything that they're eating. And when that happens, it starts to open their eyes as to how much they're actually consuming. And when you can start fine-tuning the amount of calories and then where those calories are coming from, a lot of clients see that, especially over a week period, mm-hmm. they're actually either breaking even or more in a surplus than they thought. Oh. Because they go in these big, long stretches where they don't eat anything, right. and then inevitably they end up binge eating. Mm-hmm. And that's an unhealthy relationship with food. Right. So I think it can, some of the research that I've seen, it can slow down your metabolic rate. But ultimately, if you're in a deficit, you're in a deficit. The real question is this, is if you're burning 2,000, and you're only taking in a thousand, how long can you do it right. before you end up overeating or throwing in the towel mm-hmm. or it becomes unhealthy? Or you are, you have, like, it literally starts to affect you emotionally mm-hmm. or energy wise. So there's a lot of factors. When we built our nutrition program, and it's not the end all be all, but it is a, it is a great source of information, but it, it is two parts. It's one part effectiveness, and it's the other part sustainability. Mm-hmm. So it's not just does it work, but is it something that I can do in the long term? Did that make sense? Oh, yeah. It answered your question? Yeah, thank you. The ultimate, the sweet spot, Jason, and I think this will help hopefully a lot of people, the sweet spot is to find a deficit off of what you're burning, right? And don't make it so extreme that you feel awful all the time. Mm-hmm. And that you're able to retain as much lean mass as possible. You want to keep the muscle, right? Yeah. You just want to burn the fat. And you want, to, you want to be happy. You want to have energy. You want to perform at a high level. So, you know, and then if you're also running races, you want to make sure to take that into account. Mm-hmm. Did that get too technical? No, no. That's awesome. I hope, was it practical? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think... Um, I hope I didn't feel like it was all no. over the place. I mean, we'll see what everybody else thinks about it. But no. <laughs> <laughs> um, So the big thing I'm taking away from that is just kind of like with training and everything is just um, the best thing is just be patient and not look for the quick fix. If you're looking for, I'm going to starve myself because I'm going to have less calories to take in, then it's not a good thing. Just like if you're like, man, I've been going to the gym for like three days and I'm not ripped yet. This is stupid. It's not working for me. Well, yes, you're exactly right. I will tell you this too. If you are one of those people listening that go, man, I feel like I'm under eating and I'm not losing weight. What's the deal? First off, if you, well, let's, I'll leave that for last. Start logging your food. Go to MyFitnessPal, find another app, be as honest as possible with what you're putting into your body, and then look at it over a week or two weeks and start to look at, you know, how many calories am I actually taking in? Be completely honest. I mean, they have the app now where you can scan it, and you'll see how much you either are under eating or overeating, okay? The other thing, we have this in body analysis tool over here. And it's an assessment tool that you can actually get on, and it helps us to determine what your resting metabolic rate is. That is how many calories your body is burning at rest. Nice. So if you're doing nothing, if Jason Williams in this amazing day wakes up 
and just watches Gossip Girl all day, laying in bed, doing nothing, right? You How many watching cal- me? <laughs> How many calories would he burn? That's RMR. That's resting metabolic rate, and everyone has one. So a machine like that can help you determine what your RMR is. And after you're logging your food, you're able to see what your total calorie intake is. Find a coach. You can probably find some calculators or something online. Um, And you know, one thing that's helped us too after we find out the amount of calories that a client should be taking in is determining then where those calories should be coming from. And this is a big deal too when you're talking about being the healthiest as possible or making sure that our you know metabolism is where it needs to be because if I told you Jason to eat 1700 calories and you went and you had three quarters of a blooming onion at Outback that may be 1700 but is that meal one time a day conducive to weight loss no are you in a deficit yeah but it's do you see what I'm saying oh, yeah how long would that take you to lose weight right. all of that saturated fat all of that garbage in your system so finding out also where those calories need to be coming from. Mm-hmm. Protein is, is a big source. It's a great tool for weight loss, honestly. And that sounds backwards because you think about it in terms of building muscle. But it's a really, really good calorie. Um, it's an amino acid. It's used to repair and rebuild. And um, it's good because it also helps to regulate blood sugar and helps to keep you fuller longer. So protein, fats, and carbs... You know, make sure that your your levels are where they need to be for your specific body type. And that's how we help clients do it in the long term. So find out how much you should be eating, start logging your food, and then uh, start working with a coach to determine uh, where those calories need to be coming from. And in the long term, you said be patient. And that is so important because that's where our expectations, and that's where a coach comes in. That's one of the jobs is saying... You know, you have a client that comes in, I want to lose 50 pounds. i got to get into this dress by next week. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Like, that is like eight sizes. <laughs> you know, so it's it's to kind of help to make sure that our expectations are where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that goes a long way. But being patient is really, really vital in nutrition. What are your thoughts on the scale? People, Some people are like, don't get on the scale. Some people are like, it's okay. I think like nutrition, it's individualized. And mm-hmm. it's about, there's, is there anything wrong with the scale? I don't know, that's what I'm asking you. Point being is it's just a piece of equipment. Right. Right? right. Is there anything wrong with alcohol? Not at all. It's just no. a... He <laughs> 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 <I> said no. <laughs> just cracked a beer for those that are listening. No, I'm kidding. Um, point is, I, I really believe that it's more about our relationship with mm-hmm. these things. And it's about do we have a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship? If we are obsessed with the scale, jumping on it every five minutes, um, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. If we're jumping on it once every six weeks, like our coach asks us to, um, then okay. But ultimately, it's only one metric. And I think if your goal is to lose weight, one of the things that will help you be patient, mm-hmm. and one of the things that will help you with frustration would be to also look at other metrics. How do you mm-hmm. feel? How are you performing? How do your clothes fit? Mm-hmm. How does, uh, how many comments has your husband given you? Like, you know, how are you eating? Like, what is the actual effort that you're putting in? Can you measure it? And when you look at all of that, and then circumference measurements, right? Like, how many inches have we lost? Mm-hmm. Then you start to see that the scale isn't everything. It's just one one metric with it. Right. But it, it can be obsessive for some people, sure. 
Yeah, I not to sound obsessive, but I this maybe dates me. I had the Wii Fit back years ago. Sure. When I was younger, so I I weighed myself every morning at the same time mm-hmm. around for a full year, and the reason don't laugh at me was I wanted to create a scatter plot of my weight for for uh, work because I know it went for a full year when you look at the screen. So I did that. Explain a scatter plot. So a scatter plot is basically um, you know in real life you don't always have a straight line, but you can see a trend. Right. And I and what I've found from that and it was math related at the beginning, but then it really helped me when I was losing weight was that some days you go up, some days you go down. But if you like, oh man, I gained this much from yesterday to today, it's not a big deal when you look at the overall trend. You know, like I could pull back on the month and see my, I was trending down, but if you zoom in, there's a couple of days where you went up. And I think maybe if people look at that one day and just say, oh, this isn't working, when it's just, and I'm like, I'm Matthew's side, I'm big on patterns. I would start to know exactly when those things would happen, just basically seeing the pattern of how I worked, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, this is gonna jump and it's, this is the way it happens but it's not like I've done anything wrong it's just I'm just I don't know it's just the way my body was working where yeah. I see a trend like overall during the month I would say I'd be down like say a pound and a half or something like that I don't remember what it was exactly but I could see like you zoom in yeah up and down up and down but the overall but that's the trend. game and yeah. that's that's the game is the trends right. and that's why it's more about long term than short term right and if you're an impatient person if you're just looking at this from day to day you might say, man, I've worked hard. I, I thought I ate less and I worked out and I didn't go down as much as I thought yes. today. Yes. And then you'd fall off. But yes. then if you would have kept with it, it would right. the trend would have continued. And let me tell you something. You can be doing all the right things and it's still going to fluctuate mm-hmm. based on the meal you had at night or the amount of fluids that you had the day before. Up, down, up. It, and, and that's why trends is the best route right. to go because it can be frustrating to your point. 100% dude you get that picture outside that I was looking at before I came in here where it's uh, like two people with the same yes. weight same height yes and just showing how yeah that weight isn't the end all be all no and that's why you know body composition can also help and not everyone does body composition we do body composition it tells a lot mm-hmm. if you're 150 pounds and you are 10% body fat you're going to look a lot drastically different than someone that's 150 pounds and 25% body fat right and you know the more muscle that we have the better our metabolism is the more durable we are the better we feel the better we look um, the better our clothes fit Um, and so when we think about weight loss you know we want to try and especially as we get older man like you want to retain as much muscle as possible so that's the other reason why you don't want to create some massive deficit you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like you want to keep the good and just burn the fat. So to find a long-term sustainable option that, you know, and there are some diets for some people that are, you know, if you have someone that is going for bariatric surgery or something like along those lines, they will prescribe them possibly a like a 500, they call it a, a VLCD, a very low calorie diet. And it's usually a doctor that is prescribing it and he's trying to lose a lot of weight really fast because there's a major health risk. But it's a short-term thing. All right. It's not a long, those get rich quick or lose a bunch of weight quick, it's, unfortunately, it's, it doesn't turn out the best for most people. And when they hear it, it's like, wait a second, like I can lose all this really fast, but you're going to end up gaining it back. So to my point earlier, and I hope you answered, I answered your question properly, but 
find a reasonable deficit and if you don't know how to do that get with a coach find a reasonable deficit you know something that allows you to continue to eat and fuel your body with the proper nutrients stay away from the processed carbs if you want to lose weight 2020 here it is get your protein up right make sure your your carbs are coming from the right place um, get some good healthy fats in your diet make sure you're in a calorie deficit move three times a week and drink a bunch of water there you have it and then find some good people to surround yourself with that you know that empower you mm-hmm. and you'll see some major major changes and those are the types of things that we do here um, you know but just enjoy you know that was the other thing Jason if you can enjoy the process how much easier it is and how much your chances of having long-term success are because you are you're engaged like you're invested it's not up oh, here we go again like oh, I hate this I find something to be grateful for mm-hmm. like find find something and that's why performance stuff is so fun because if you have a race that you're training for you're not thinking about it in terms of the gym like you have this deadline working towards the race so I'm gonna train all the way up to it great what's the next deadline great what's the next deadline all the while you're in the greatest shape of your life right you know? I think that's what when I first started racing I I raced a lot because I found when I didn't have a race that weekend was the time when I would be falling off or not holding myself accountable as much. But yeah, now I've come to a point where I don't need the race, but it was just like my thing in the beginning was like, all right, well, I'm going to sign up for a race because then I have to stay on track. Yeah. So I guess you just got to find what works for you. But you enjoy it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then look, how much, how much healthy are you now that you found something that you enjoy that because of that sport, you come out, you surround yourself with good people, and you are constantly challenging yourself. Yeah. I, How much healthy are you? A lot. I, I remember um, the point at which I started, like, when I started thinking about the race, I, I'd i weighed myself when I was 198 or something like that, and then I never, I didn't want to see that too in front of the yeah. like, starting, so I didn't weigh you myself. You were 198? Yeah. No, you weren't. Yeah. And I was... Um, yeah, I, I didn't want to see the two in front of it, so I, I started... You sound like two hands in here talking about <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tell me more about how much how much better I look now. Oh, but, Jesus. but yeah, I didn't want to see the two in front of it, so I just I worked out and I exercised and I stayed away from the scale until I knew for sure that I at least lost a couple pounds. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want... Yeah, like if I saw the two, like the 200 something, I would have, I would have freaked out. So yeah. yeah, so lost about 50 pounds, so... Just trying to maintain to keep that but off. But you didn't do it to lose weight, did you? Did you get into OCR to lose weight? I didn't get into OCR lose weight, but I started like when I ran the five k, and I was the big thing was like, yeah, I need to start doing something. Like I didn't realize, like I said, I was always like the skinny person growing up. Sure. And I didn't realize that I I was as big as I was, and then I just you just kind of also you justify it in your own head, like yeah, well you know people get older they get bigger and they just you know you just. It, it happens, but I, I started trying to lose weight. You know, you, you do the same thing people go through. It's like, all right, like, how can I do this quickly? Right. What, what's going to work? And right. if it doesn't work, you get on something, you fall off it. And then just um, once I started enjoying the racing and just trying, wanting to do more and find myself wanting to exercise to get better instead of focusing on, you know, the weight loss or whatever, it's just, you know, that I think changed everything. Where it was like my focus wasn't on just the number on the scale. It well, was, 
I'll tell you this in in regards to on the nutrition side because you're right on the money with that and I think the cool part is is are you still jumping on a scale? Yeah, you jump on a scale occasionally. Yeah, just to keep I've, yourself in check. I've got I've got a scale that gives me lots of numbers and I like I like numbers like data and I don't know how accurate they are but at least I can track them. But you just monitor where yeah. your weight is. Okay. Yeah. But from the nutrition point, mm-hmm. if I've learned to be what I saw this term and I'm going to steal it, but a nutritional agnostic. Mm-hmm. So it, what scares me is someone saying like, this is it. This is the end all be all. You must be like this. And here's why. And if you're not like this, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Well, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like being able to disagree and, mm-hmm. and not divide. Right. So it's about finding those are metals by the way that I keep clanking into but it's Even about on purpose so yeah. you guys can, oh sorry these are all oh, things I've that watched. OCR world championship medal we talked about sorry um, <laughs> um, I have seen multiple podcasts where you have two PhD doctors mm-hmm. they each have 16 years total of schooling between the two of them with years of experience arguing points about the human body and food and its relationship with the body like at some point, there are some non-negotiables about things that we know. Mm-hmm. And then some of the rest of it is individualized. If you're doing a keto diet and you are crushing it, keep crushing it. Right. If someone is not doing a keto diet, quit trying to convert them. Yeah, You know what I mean? It may not work for someone else. Um, that is it's an extreme measure for some people. Mm-hmm. For some people, it works great, especially an endomorph like, who has a low tolerance for carbs already. But... If you're, you know, a vegetarian or right now, you know, the Game Changers documentary is out and being a vegan, like, that's all big deal. If that's working for you, that's awesome. If you're super healthy, that's great. You know, you can encourage, you can share, but it's very individualized because it's not a one-size-fits-all with nutrition. And I think what scares me is is the people that say, this is it, right? This right. is the way, end-all, be-all, like, if you're not doing it. Because... I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of trends mm-hmm. and there's a lot of fads in the fitness industry. They come and go. You know what I mean? They come and go. Yeah. So I, well, you said earlier, you said all diets work. And I think the big thing that I've, I've at least come to terms with is you can try something, but if it's not something sustainable, like if you were a person that you're non-negotiable is I need to eat meat, yeah. then yeah, obviously you're not going to go vegan. But same token, if you're like, I need my rice and I need my pasta, then yeah. keto would be for you. But it's like, you can look at okay, what what can I sustain for a long period of time? Yeah. You know, and that's what I had to come to terms with. Like that's it right there. That's it saying, right there. What can I? What am I going to a month down the road still be able to do instead of just, or am I just trying to do this for a short amount of time? Exactly. Which, so if you're crushing it for a month, but Brittany wants to break up with you because you're so mean to her because you're you're agitated all the time. Right. You see what I'm saying? You don't have any energy, right. but you're losing weight. Mm-hmm. And you're not performing well, but you're losing weight. You start to to weigh it out, and you go like, okay, the juice really isn't worth the squeeze here because while I am losing weight, I'm I'm watching all these people eat all these foods, and I feel miserable. Mm-hmm. So you have to take into account quality of life. And if your quality of life is not affected by being a vegan, or or being in keto or being in any of these other diets, and it's adding value, and you're crushing it and losing weight going do your thing it's not who am I to say anything different what we try and do is identify uh, teaching people how to have a healthy relationship with food identifying Mm -hmm. specifically for them their body type 
what we believe the amount of calories and where those calories should be coming from. That's our goal. So it's very individualized, 100%. Don't break up with me, Brittany. (laughs) What's funny that you mentioned her because she kind of opened my eyes recently as far as food because my my idea was I – and I'm sure you've heard this from people like, oh, why do you work out so much? Oh, so I can eat what I want to eat. Yeah. You know, and that was my thing. It's like, okay, I'll just that's true for some people. Burn more calories so oh, I can eat that okay. horrible food. And I, my diet wasn't the best, but she's kind of opened my eyes of. There's times where you can eat certain things, but you got to work it in. Mm. You know, so it's like you're not depriving yourself of everything, but you're going to be smart about it, and you're going to say, okay, well, you know, how like, we're talking about the wheat things, like we've, you know you're not going to eat these horrible things at this time because it's not going to, you know, I don't even know if I'm using this correctly, but just, yeah, your, your calories well, aren't working this time. Here's but. the deal. Here's the deal. This, from a specific timing perspective, when you look at nutrients, there's really not a specific timing. Mm-hmm. You can go either way. I'm sure there's someone that's going to be yelling at this if we have one <laughs> person that's listening. But he, he or she, yeah. Protein and fat, there's mm-hmm. it doesn't really, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but you can have those really at any time of the day. The carbs is where you need to look at what kind they are mm-hmm. from a process, a state of process, and then um, you know when you're eating them. So where are they coming from and when you're eating them? And that's the one thing. I mean, that's, that's our fuel, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so if we're not exercising and we're not working out, we really have to be mindful and our activity level is low. We need to really, really watch where those processed carbs are coming in, mm-hmm. right? Whereas, and this is all depending on body type and individual, but whereas with someone who's super, super active, you can build in some of those processed carbs around your activity level, and mm-hmm. it's it's not a problem. So, but it, it is. It's a complicated issue, the nutrition. Mm-hmm. So finding, it is. I mean, it, there's a, one of the reasons is there's so much information. Mm-hmm. So if we can take a client when they come in here, who's been crushing it out there and they're super invested in the training and they come in here after a few months and uh, we start working on those nutritional habits they seem to do really really well and not only in the short term but in the long term and that's our ultimate goal so we've enjoyed it man it's been a blast good you know taking clients through that and watching them change so I have a question for you okay Um, clients I was thinking about I'm, I'm trying to kind of parallel you coaching people versus me teaching people okay and i've found that when during the year when i'm teaching i yeah. feel like i'm always i've got the bar set and i'm just always pushing pushing i'm like oh man we need to be doing better we needed to be doing better and i don't think i'm ever doing enough then when i run into the students later on like i see them later i'm like oh man we did really good things but in the moment like i'm always like man i, I wish i could be doing better. i'm always Maybe my own worst critic is like, I, I wish I could do more for them, and I don't think I'm doing enough. But then when I step back, I'm like, I can then celebrate. Do you find yourself, when you're working with people, like you're harder on yourself than maybe when you're 100%. working? Yeah. 100, well, yeah, I, I am constantly looking at making sure, like I take my personal training clients very serious. Mm-hmm. And... You know, that is that is something that um, I always want to make sure that I'm giving the absolute best. I always remember where, I try to remember where I came from. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people are coming and saying, hey, I want you to help me improve my health and wellness mm-hmm. based on where I feel like I've come from, where I know where I've come from, like that's a huge deal to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly my own worst critic with, mm-hmm. you know, oh yes, I, we need to make sure that 
you know, what specific, my biggest thing is identifying what we're trying to do mm-hmm. when I have a client. Um, I heard this, this term and this phrase called familiarity breeds disrespect. And I never wanted to feel like sometimes you can get in our business, like whether it's too close, not necessarily too close to a client because it's a personal thing, mm-hmm. but you don't want to ever get so comfortable around a client that you forget that they're paying you for a service, right? right? So it's a little different than the teacher and mm-hmm. the, the child. But at the same time, we both have a responsibility mm-hmm. to do the absolute best. Mm-hmm. Um, on my side, I kind of feel like, number one, I do my best when I'm helping a client sit down, identify what they want. I force them, not force them, but really try and prod them a little bit to find out what they want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And then try and work on accomplishing that. And if we fall short, identify where we fell short, what I can do better, what we need to change. But I'm, I'm constantly having you know, meetings and talking to clients saying, okay, what are we now going to try and accomplish to avoid that specific mm-hmm. situation? Um, for me too, I think finding ways to measure our success helps me determine if I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like I am with a nutrition client and I could have done better in my last session, but they come in and they go, they're down 15 pounds or 20 mm-hmm. pounds and they're enjoying it and they're looking at me, mm-hmm. you know, then I know that it's just like a me thing, mm-hmm. you know? And then there are other times where I feel like, oh, I feel like we're crushing it right now and you have a client that's like, hey, I wonder if we could change this, this, and this. So I think it's a very fluid situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that will change. And I think we should always be striving to do better. And I think that's what makes you good at your job. And I think, oh, I assume, and I think that's a that is a characteristic that is should be found in anyone doing what we're doing. Which is, are we cutting edge? Are we making sure that we're meeting the client's needs, offering the highest level of service possible? Our programming is on point. It makes sense. There's a why to everything that we're prescribing. Um, it's not random. It's not a big, you know, oh, we got a bucket of exercises up on the shelf. Let's reach in there. What are we doing today for, you know, Jim? Oh, here's what we're doing for Jim. It's specific to the client's needs. And, um, you know, I think the longer I do this, too, the more it becomes about coaching mm-hmm. and not just being a personal trainer prescribing exercises. And that's been fun because I get to sit and talk to a client and, Sometimes it feels like therapy. I'll be honest. Sometimes it feels like therapy. And that's cool, too. I'm yeah. cool with that. Um, but it, I don't know. Do you feel like there's a way that you can measure your success with your students? Uh, that's hard to say because the big thing, like, with testing, and, they, and they're always about, like, oh, this student's a level this or level that, and you're like, they shouldn't just be judged on this one test. What about, like, parent reviews or something like that? Uh, or you have a good relationship with parents, like where they're like, I'm gonna they do right. Uh, sometimes, I mean, you it's it's like with anything, you don't you know you don't always hear from them unless something's wrong. So yeah. then it can kind of like, oh man, I had these two parents that were upset with me, but then you're like, oh, but the other 198 were fine, you know. So, but um, I I think it's more or less just uh, just seeing that the kids are doing better, and you don't always get that. You know, like I was a person that never went back to my teachers and visited them and say thanks or anything like that. So you don't look for it, but every once in a while, when you just see somebody and they're they're appreciative of it, or they, you know, like I have some friends that teach high school. So when my kids get to them and they're like, I can tell whose students are yours because they they got it. Yeah, you know, that that's probably the 
best thing I can hear, you know? And I tell them, like, you might not, like, like me or feel that I'm too tough on you, but, you know, it's, it's going to come in handy later on down the line. I'm not just teaching you this year. I'm trying to teach you to be a better student, yes. you know, a mathematical thinker so that you can use this later. It's not just going to help you this year. It's going to help you later. And that's the struggle. It's like that convincing them that this is going to work. And once they get it, it's great. Do you get students that come back to you afterwards and thank you for what you're doing? Like, sometimes, yeah. And and not so much now because all the schools are, like, locked down because you need, like, yeah, certain yeah, yeah, levels yeah, yeah, of everything yeah. to get into the building. Yeah. Whereas they used to be able to just wander in. But, yeah, I, once in a while I'll see a kid just out in public and I'm, like, like, yesterday I went to go pick up my contacts and there was a student there. And I wasn't sure. I don't know why. I just, I just wore, like... What do they think of me? Like they like you pushed me too hard or something, and then just you know you just uh, said hi and thanks for what I did. And I was like I wasn't expecting a thanks or anything, but I was like that's cool because you know it it made a difference for her. So that that was really awesome. Okay, I'm gonna run off a couple questions here. You ready? Okay. This is how we're gonna close. All here right. we go. Favorite obstacle ever. Any race, anything you've ever done. Favorite obstacle ever. First, first thing that comes to mind is the platinum rig. Platinum rig. Because it's basically a big metal frame where there's a series of things you have to swing on, like climb up. Just You got to get from one end to the other, hit the bell. And I think it's just... That was an old school battle frog yeah. rig, by the way. And and just more and more races are doing rigs. And I like them just because they're different. They change up and you have to really think. Um, the battle frog rigs are probably my favorite because they're designed in a way that I remember being stuck. They were designed by OCR athletes. I yeah. think that's one of the reasons. Adam Washburn made some yeah. nasty rigs I think in the, Tampa one year. The, the genius behind them was that, like, I'm more of a swinger. I swing back and forth and use momentum. You are a swinger, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Different podcasts. On, on, yeah. Different podcasts. Okay. Um, but, like, I'm not, like, the brute strength person. Sure. So there was... I remember being stuck at a rig and there was a part where these guys that were brute strength, they could get through part of it and I was always stuck in that part. But yeah. then towards the end, the part that would have been easy for me, they could they would that's where they would lose it. And it was great that you need you needed to really be able to do all things on those. So it yes. was it was a matter of just trying to I like the I like the trying to figure it out part of, you know, getting through there messing up or even not messing up but just saying I have to attack this a certain way and there's so many different ways to do it and just finding the way that's going to be working for you battle frog rig okay what's the next upcoming race that you're looking forward to doing um I'm going to be doing a new race which is like the fit challenge it's okay. new, for, new for me it's not new but it's um it's in Rhode Island in March and it's like the mud run guy like they do the awards every year yes yes and this is like won the best small race like four years in a row and they've just got some unique obstacles and it's cool terrain. So it's just trying to try some different ones that I haven't done yet. Okay, here's, what, here's an important question I think a lot of people want to know, Jason. Okay. A lot of people want to know where you get the cheapest airfare from so that you can continue to fly week in and week out. Um, I usually go with the cheap airlines. Like Spirit is my okay. favorite. Are you riding in the cargo it. hold or are no. you riding on the wing? So the big... The big um, knock on these airlines is they nickel and dime you. Yes. So if you're going for a weekend trip, 
you don't worry about that because you're getting you know, some inside info right now yeah, on yeah. traveling cheap. Let's go, Jay. So I, I carry a backpack. So okay. that's all you like. Got all your stuff in it. Yep, they're gonna charge you for bags. You know, if if you are a heavy packer. So if you, so that's the thing where it's like I don't like flying them because I, they're gonna charge me for everything. Okay, so if you're just going for the weekend and you can get buying a backpack, then you're good to go. You know, so I remember getting like one once I was like I'm going to Maryland. For Savage, why? Because I got a forty-eight dollar round trip ticket through Spirit, and that's you know, so that's what we're gonna do. So, I think that's the big thing. Going also going in and finding ahead of time, like just I have a spreadsheet and just looking, just going online and looking at flights like throughout the like. All right, here's all the places I want to go and the dates I want to go, and let's see if there's any deals. So you just kind of you don't want to wait till last minute, obviously, because then it's gonna be more expensive, and just be more open, like. Sometimes it's the flights that dictate where I go as opposed to, you know, I want to go here. Let's find the flight. So that's a good nugget there. Yeah, That was a good piece of knowledge. So um, I didn't even tell you we were going to do this, but I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that we're going to do on this podcast, Mm -hmm. since we are a gym, Mm -hmm. that it has to be some type of physical challenge that's here in this room. Okay. Okay? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to move this chair out of the way and we're going to go 60 seconds, as many push-ups as you can do. You in on it? I got, I went to the gym last (laughs) night, so I, I we're going to run it. Are you ready? All right. All right. Here we go. All right. I'm going to count them off. I know you can't see this. Oh man. (laughs) I know you can't see this. So I'm sore. Here we go. All right, Jason. Let me get a clock out. Yeah, I'm gonna get my let me get my watch. What's your over under on what I can do? Sixty. Chest all the way to the ground. Am I lifting my hands up? No, you don't have to do that. Okay. Right. Because I will. But sixty all the way to the ground. Yeah. Chest to the ground. No knees. Yeah. Okay. You're saying sixty? No, no. Sixty seconds. Okay. All the way to the ground. No knees. Right. Yeah, right. Just setting some parameters here. Okay. And I'm gonna guess. 25 to 30. Okay. I'll, I'll go 30. I'll go 30. Okay. All right, let's set our watch here. Bet this is like eye. the worst thing you could do on a podcast is do something visual. Here we are. Oh, so I'm going to have to... Uh, here we go. Okay, yeah, hang on I just a second. Yep, here we go. All right, Jason. In three, two, one. Let's go. Count them out. One, two... two. Three. There we go. Six, seven. Count them out, Jason. Come on, Jason. He's in deep. Here we go. We're 20 seconds in, Jason. Yes. Come on. Come on. 21. 22. 23. Slowing down. Come on. Come on. There's 30 seconds. We're halfway there. Come on. 26. Show me something. 27. 28. Here we go. Here we go. Here we 29. go. 29. 30. You said 30, right? Keep going. I said 30. <laughs> there you go. 45 seconds. All right. You got 15. 31. 32. 33. 34. 35. <laughs> Here we go. We got a five second countdown. 36. Four. Three. Two. Done. Barely three. 38 push-ups. It's going on the board. Each guest that we have will take the push-up challenge. So what was that, 38, you said? It was, uh, Set the bar. 63. 
<laughs> 38 push-ups, 60 seconds. I did work out chess yesterday, last night. Oh, okay. Wow. We'll take that in. I don't think I could have gotten 38 otherwise. Jason, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure today, dude. Appreciate you coming down and uh, kicking this thing off on our inaugural podcast. It Thought it went well, right? Yeah, it was a pleasure for me until about two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you cool off in a little <laughs> while, man. And um, This is episode one of the Live State of Mind podcast. Couldn't tell you when the next episode is going to be out, probably within the next couple of weeks, but we look forward to just continuing the mission, inspiring, educating, motivating, um, having some guests in here that, uh, that are like-minded and to be able to share and inspire others, that's our mission. So, Jason, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. And I'm going to we'll, go lay down. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys really soon.